Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're just talking Tom Foolery. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. XL Primetime, ready to rock and roll Thursday. i got to admit that when I came in today, I was in a dark place. I, I, depressed, bummed, not really motivated to come in and put together a killer show. I thought last week, this time last week, one of our guys, Big Surce, was basically saying what he promised to do was to get a tattoo, and he went and did it. That was just a week ago, and now the man yesterday announced that he was leaving the show. But once I got in the building, as blue and depressed as I was, something happened. Well, I'm here. (laughs) He's back! After much thought and heavy consideration, I sit down with my family, and I, I can't leave Duval. I love it so much. Huh? I love it. The family. Especially, especially for, Co- what did you say, Costa Rica? Uh-uh. Costa Rica, is that what you said? Yeah. There's no marriage in living in Costa Rica, yeah. except the water and the women and the wine. <laughs> I mean, other than that. Uh, right. Other than that, what do you got? What do you got? Absolutely. Listen, I'm just happy to be back in the ball. Yeah, yeah. I love uh-huh. it. Give us a Duval. Just so yeah, yeah, yeah. Duval to, to I die, baby. Give everybody a good feeling. Duval, yeah. All right, he's back. Now, he's I'm back. confused yes. because you told us it was your lifelong dream it was. to be a building manager. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so manager. I was confused. The Costa Rica is what threw everyone for the loop. played in a Super Bowl and won multiple national well, titles. His well, life dream was to well, do that. Well, here's, so I'm shocked no, well, listen, listen, you got to understand, JJ. There are pages of life. Chapters. Yeah, okay. oh, I see. So this that that particular that book is close. That that particular talk that I spoke yesterday was just a, another chapter of my life. I'm in the cigar business. Yeah, and my my dream is to have my own lounge. Oh, I see. Man, there, there, there it is. There okay. So basically, hey, this is your pad. Go down there and oversee it. That's kind of the vision that he basically, had. Basically, basically. And look, at some point, and it's going to be down the road, big. Yes, we will send you off to an island because that, that I know that's one of your dreams. Oh, absolutely! But it's gonna we're gonna have to wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. Yep, all right. Time. Listen, I'm happy to have you back. I know the fans out there. Were you inspired by Tom yeah. Brady at all? Uh, listen, you know, you know Tom Brady. Put those Tom, two together. Tom, Tom is Tom yeah. is is a he, he's hard to follow. Yeah. You know, so I mean. Um, I had some cons- yeah, yes, yes, yes. I was. was yeah, I would argue your news trumped his. <laughs> it did sure it? Did. Yes. What did, you, what did your What did your buddy who had the job for you say when he told him you were coming back? Alex. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of expected it. Alex is like he, he knows my love for Duval. Yeah, and I know what supersedes, uh, Alex, supersedes your love for Costa Rica. It's, it's and when he found out you didn't speak Spanish <laughs> yeah. whatsoever, it supersedes. It, uh, it supersedes wine, women, and wild. All yeah. right. He just likes Duval. being. Here amongst all of us. I just know that Alex was basically saying, 
listen, I got the Dominican nailed down. You don't need to come down here. And if you want to try and expand to Costa Rica, we'll talk about it another day. All right, I'm going to be honest. You two were in on it. I was I too. was not. Yeah. So I literally was like, what the hell? He got mad. And then once he said Costa Rica, I was like, wait a second. This is not real. Big man's not going to Costa Rica. That's not happening. Costa but Rica's for a moment a- there, I was kind of like, wait, what? Costa Rica's a good spot now. Don't don't dismiss Costa Rica. Yeah, but it's I mean, if you're gonna go someplace. That's a that's not a bad spot not to a bad land. Spot. I've been to Costa Rica yeah. before. Oh yeah. Don't Can I, we talk I, about I, I won't go again. the <laughs> panic in the building? There was yesterday. a little panic everywhere. Yeah, yeah, there was a little panic. Look, nobody wants to see 72 walk out. Everywhere. Hosts, Hilarious. Salespeople, everyone. He panic. Just, he had just gotten uh, you know tatted up and everything. I mean, he now affirmed you gotta, his uh, now we have to say who's responsible for all this now. Yeah. I'm looking to my left. <laughs> oh, no. Joe. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, wasn't it definitely Joe? Joe. That was a whisper in my ear. on Joe. That was a whisper in my ear early that morning. He's like, hey, hey listen, hey, listen. What, what, what if you do this? Yeah, well, then nobody on it. I was yeah. like, right, Well, listen, too. he was And he gave me that look. Oh, you I, sold it, too, Dude, man. you were a great actor. But he gave me that look right before I was going to go off the air. Yeah. And we looked at each other, and I was like, oh, the hell with it. Q. 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 Uh, but look. Uh, he he's entrenched uh, in Duval. He is a jaguar over anything else. That's the he part that I love anyway, more than man. anything else. All right, so we got all sorts of things to get into. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can welcome Leon back after he never left. Uh, the one beautiful thing he said with the social video post was, "I'll see you next sunrise," and that was just beautiful uh, and for for foreboding, foretelling, however you want to describe it. All right, uh, last night the Tennessee Volunteers got knocked around by the Florida Gators. In a game of basketball. Okay, now they didn't get knocked around by the Florida Gators in a game of football this year, but they did in basketball. That was the number two ranked team against an unranked Florida team. Pretty impressive what they were able to do. Now, look, you can't sit here and say, okay, they've turned the corner or anything like that, but take those wins when you can get them. And they shot the ball well last night, and they got play from Colin Castleton. I hate to say it, but uh, my storyline, since everybody's talking about scripts in the NFL and Mm -hmm. does the NFL hand out scripts each year, my script that Todd Golden is quite literally Mike White, Spider-Man meme here, uh, mm-hmm. is literally coming to fruition because if you may recall, it was only a year ago that the Florida Gators knocked off the then number two Auburn Tigers yeah. at the O-Dome. So, hey, listen, congrats to Todd Golden. He's got his signature win in his first season in Gainesville. All of a sudden now, Florida 6-3 and three in the SEC. They're three games back of Alabama, which everyone is chasing Alabama. They're one game back of Tennessee. They're one game back of pretty much the rest of that upper tier. So, yeah, I mean, they control their own destiny, but I'll be curious to see if it really is the Spider-Man meme and what they do next. Yeah, it doesn't always happen uh, this way. But, yeah, if you can catch one or two of these, you can coach off of it. And, and Leon, you can just think about a team. It doesn't matter what sport we're talking about. But you, you're not, not much is expected of you. Then when you start showing results, then more gets expected of you. And then all of a sudden you believe you can start to pick off some of those big boys. Well, I mean, March Madness is, what, a month away, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah, and, um, crazy to think. And just like this team, you know, you, you get hot the right spot. And you're going into the uh, going into the, 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 the tournament of 68, 64, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. That's what your coaching staff is looking at. That's what your players are looking at. You want to be the hot team going in. You want to be the you want to have the momentum going into the tournament. Before you even get into the tournament, the SEC tournament, you you get get the ball rolling, you get to making some shots, you get to playing defense, you get to stealing the ball, and now you think, hey, listen, 
you know, a couple of more wins like this against top teams, we got an opportunity to mm-hmm. to make some hay in the, in the SEC championship. And how they perform in the championship, the SEC championship, although they're unrated now, right. might determine if they make it or not because they may be on the bubble right now. Yeah. But if they make a nice little run and go into the tournament, maybe make it to the finals or something like that, yeah. maybe could turn some heads. Yeah, they need to do something like that because I think they're Ollie right now. They're outside looking in, but it doesn't mean it can't turn. And and this this is what happens. These uh, you know whatever February to mid March is of course when you start cutting down nets in the conference championship and in in early to the second week of March, and then you're into, you're into March Madness after that. But, you know, the thing is, is that Ty Golden has just got to see that he can turn a corner and show some of these guys, keep putting the work in, keep working on your shooting. And Larson was one of the guys that was able to make plays. Obviously, Castleton with 20 points. They showed a stat last night on the SEC Network. The last two games against Tennessee combined, I want to say, it was 15 points. And the rebounds were – Six, six and a half, something like that. He goes for 20 and nine boards last night, dishes out a, a, a few assists, a couple of blocks. That stuff was big for them last night. That's what Todd Golden's looking for when it comes down to basically proving to these guys, just keep pull, pulling your weight. Keep doing what you got to do. I love the way you broke that down. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. They shot the ball better. Yeah. Honestly, that's what it is. That's now, look, literally Lofton actually is. showed up, yeah. which, like, listen, like, I know everyone thought it would be a seamless transition from the A-10 and it hasn't been, um, but, I mean, it's tough when you bring in a point guard who's known for facilitating, and, you know, he wasn't even that much of a scorer at St. Bonaventure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you're expecting him to just come in and immediately be dropping double figures every night? Like, no. Yeah, I mean, well, The plus- offense was always going to run through Colin Castleton. Todd Golden just finally figured it out and said, all right, cool, we're just going to let him go for 20 and see what happens. And it's not going to run through him if you can't shoot and keep the defense from collapsing on him. Yeah. It's, it's very – it's a lot like rushing the passer, covering the secondary. Yeah. Same thing. But the other one is off the other. Yeah. The, the other huge bonus for them last night was that they jumped on Tennessee early, yeah. offensively. Okay. Right. And this is the same team who Joe didn't they yeah. score what six points in the first ten minutes of a game a yes. few weeks ago? Yeah. yeah it, it took them. I want to say seventeen minutes to get to double digits. Okay, seventeen minutes. That's how bad it was. And so you're at, at the very least, the 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 effort defensively is now starting to get matched a little bit offensively not even say it's going to stick around this might have been the old humble one that Rick Barnes walks in the locker room afterwards and says okay how'd that feel you number two ranked team overall and by the way I think they said there have been 10 number two ranked teams this year that have lost so it's that you get close you think you're going to get to number one you start uh, you know feeling pretty good about yourself boom you get knocked off so if you were a Gator watching hoops last night you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at six four one ten ten, I don't know that we're going to put a complete and total bow on recruiting. But Matt, when it was all said and done, you had Georgia and Alabama battling it out for those top uh, recruiting rankings. Alabama closes it out. Nine you've described it as nine the, five stars. Yeah, you've described it as the best recruiting class ever. No, no, number three. Yeah, number three. Still, Texas A&M still number one. Oh, okay, best as in far as five stars. Okay. The most five stars ever. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Yeah. And uh, I, I nine. Look, I look forward to seeing what it does. But if how you much look money at, do you think we're giving to those nine five star guys? Well, from the guy who bitched and moaned about right Jimbo Fisher and his quote unquote buying every player. Okay, I think what I'm learning right now, and I don't know whether this is 100 percent provable or true, but I think kids are realizing that 
money's good, but I need to be in the best position to where I can win. I'm going to get some cake to show up, but I'm going to go to a program that's going to give me – I actually uh, think that's helping know. Nick Saban. I don't know. I do. I believe uh, it. I think a lot of these kids are, I want the money. Mm-hmm. I well, want the money. And, right. And I'll go to a school and I'll develop. And I'm if just it saying, doesn't work out, then I'll go to a place where – can get me to the NFL. I'm just saying it's shifting a little bit. Whatever happened, to, I, listen, I, listen, I want all the kids to get paid. Absolutely. I do, too. I, I've yeah. been a proponent of this for the longest. I do, too. But what, when is there going to be a point where you say, I want the natty? I want to be a I, I, I want the that's championship. That's my whole point. I think yeah. we're getting further and further away from that. I, I know. I think and, it's and, more and that's about sad. That's how much really can sad. you pay me? That's sad because, I listen, when I, when I played and even when I coached, I used to tell kids, listen, the NFL ain't going nowhere, all right? It's recession-proof. It's going to be here for the next 100, 200, whatever years. Where it ain't going nowhere. Why not be the best who you are right now? Be the very best. No, I, I, a lot of these kids aren't trying to be the best who they are right now. They're worried about how many offers they got, how much money they're making, who's looking at them, how many likes. I don't, I'm not sure a lot of these kids love the game like we love it. And I know, I know I sound like the old man sitting on the porch right now. Get off right my now. lawn. Get off my lawn, that type <laughs> of guy, whatever. But I loved being a Miami Hurricane. I didn't care anything about the NFL. That's I, why I, I stayed there so long. Because I wanted to be the best Miami Hurricane. I cannot love your. I cannot love your philosophy more. Believe me, but I, I also have to be honest. Honestly, if I was an eighteen-year-old elite recruit, <clears throat> you better believe I want money, man. You okay. better believe well, but, it. And I want money, money. Yeah, but if I'm a five-star recruit. Yeah. I want money. Yeah, but I think we're. And I'm kind of stealing what you had why? said originally. Because well, I'll why? tell you why. why? Okay, you hang on. Why? I'll tell you why. So I want money because I'm going to this university. Okay. That still hasn't, still, these five Power Five universities are making $5 billion annually once mm-hmm. the new playoff hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay? So I'm but, going there to be part of this team that is the reason they're making that $5 billion annually. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting what's the, the – I'm not getting – now, this, this is what they're saying, okay? I'm not getting in return I agree. my value. I, to, so I totally I want, agree. So I want my, I want my money I, I before agree. any of this nonsense starts because – because, Leon – I could step on campus, and in three weeks, I could blow my knee out, and it's over. True. I absolutely agree. I agree with everything you said because the, 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 the word amateurism is out the door, all right? Gone. All it is is semi-football right yep, now. College is semi-football, and they should be getting paid. My concern is this, is I always, always talk about this analogy. There's a difference between a lion in the cage and a lion in the jungle, all right? A lion in the cage knows every day he's going to get fed. You know, he's going to show his teeth. He's going to roar. He's going to make the people happy. You know, oh, mommy, look at that lion. He, uh, look at him roar. A lion in the jungle wakes up every day No, he's got to go eat. He's got to eat. He's got to. So he is on the hunt every day. Every day he's on the grind. That's what I think I'm concerned these kids are going to miss, the grind. The hunt of getting up every day and going to get it. Where's the desire to go get it when it's given, given to you every day? That's, that's my concern. I, I'm with you. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. That's and, what, and 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 you know, eighteen. You, you know, you when you're eighteen years old and you come to college, you know you got to grind. You got to put the work in, and you got to put the struggle in. It develops you long term as the player. I, listen, I'm the player I was at Miami because of the grind. The, the other thing is, is 100% agree. they they think that they go in there and do the work. They think they're working hard, but they, they have not. no they idea. Don't, they have no idea what hard work is. It, it, I'm not disagreeing with you, bro, at all. And then people go about it, and then I know J.J. about to argue with this real quick. They wonder why the NFL is watered down. Guys getting hurt. Guys don't hit as hard, this, this, and that, whatever. Look, look, look what's before you. Mm-hmm. That's what you got trickling into your product. 
is these kids that already paid. No, not all of them. Don't get me wrong. It's not a sports problem, bro. That's I'm a societal saying, problem. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man. It's all sick, right, but, look, but, but look I at this. Don't ag- I don't disagree, yeah. man. I'm disgusted by it. Okay, That's but right. look at this. This is recruiting rankings uh, after yesterday's National Signing Day became complete. Alabama's first. Georgia's second. LSU is sixth. Florida is 11th. A&M is 12th. South Carolina made a nice move up. They're in the top 15. Tennessee's 16th. And I just simply look at these and I go, you know what? The one, the outlier, is South Carolina. The rest of them make all the sense in the world as far as being in the top 15 or top 16 if you're, if you're putting Tennessee in there. Because why? Because those players are still going to places where they can be seen and they can be developed into stars. And so I do think it's going to come back to the pack a little bit. There's going to be a sobering up of spending somehow, some way. Do they deserve something? Hell yeah, they deserve something. But it's still going to come down to I need to – I need to get in a position to where I can play for something. I already got the money. I'm going to work hard on that. But now i got to be able to play for a championship. And I totally agree with what Big Source is saying there. And, and, and another thing we understood at Miami, that we understood that team success, the NFL was going to – listen, when we played – the NFL was going to come to teams that were winners. And we understood if we won enough, the NFL was going to come to us anyway. Mm-hmm. Our pro day, we had every, every team that had our pro day. We had every team that had our pro day because – we were champions, and those those teams wanted champions on their rosters. So I'm just, I'm just, I, listen. You, the, the focus should be winning championships. Yeah, the money will come. I'm just, I just question a lot of the, the kids' desire once they get paid. Especially if we're talking about generally speaking, and this is not the proposed amount of money that the Tennessee quarterback recruit is going to get as soon as he walks on campus. But generally speaking, there is a lot of money out there at all these campus or all these collectives. And so it's almost like it's kind of a, you know, what was a uh, a flat level playing field with nobody getting any money is now a flat level playing field with people getting money. What do you make of Texas and Oklahoma both being in the top five, obviously, you know, a year away from their move to the SEC and yeah. 247's team rankings? And I, I think it has it has something is, to is do with – Is that them being back? Yeah. Or is that them moving to the SEC? Combo. Because by the two of them moving up the rankings, that obviously is part of why Florida is currently sitting at 14. Yeah, I, I think maybe a combo. And A&M, by the way, 15. Yeah, because I think. So much for number one. Sarkeesian has basically gotten a lot of that Longhorn, you can call it oil money, however you want to describe it. And the fact they were able to go get Arch, that kicked that ranking way the heck up there. And then if you're talking about one of the – They got four or five stars. Arch is just one of them. Yeah, he's just one. But then if you're talking about Jackson Arnold who went to Oklahoma, that is another highly rated guy that has come in. And so, yeah, the idea of playing for championships in the Southeastern Conference has to have boosted them a little bit. But Sark and Venables, you know, they go on the road. It's not like they're overwhelming their competition with their presence in a room. It's not not necessarily happening like that. But, yeah, those are the teams that are going to have to come up with a little extra money. I'm looking at the SEC, and the SEC of the ESPN 300, the top quarterbacks in America, 10 of them are headed into the Southeastern Conference. Alabama got two of them, two in the top 36. And so how do they do that? It's still Nick flipping Saban. That's, that's how they got it done. He's still that guy that's going to coach them to championships or at least put them in position to play for championships. Uh, Before we take our first break, I do want to shift a little bit to the NFL because obviously we'll dive into the NFL, and I do want to circle back to the Gators because there's a lot of thoughts on court storming currently on the Twitter timeline, and I know uh, Matt Hayes has thoughts on uh, storming the field, storming the court. Um, 
But let's hit a that of sorts. Shiv is what it's Yeah, the shiv. I want to circle back to the shiv. Let's hit a that of sorts, though, with regards to the Colts head coaching search, our favorite form of content. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this is from Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network. The Colts are nearly done with their second round of head coaching interviews, which, as Joe has pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, they have seven of them. They listed it, seven finalists. Seven finalists, of which they have publicized. Um, they are considering a rare round three as well. If they go that route, they'd pare down the list to a select few candidates before making their decision on their next head coach. GM Chris Ballard, owner Jim Irsay are conducting one of the most thorough searches the NFL has ever seen. Oh, yes. Lots yes. of candidates, long in-person interviews, around 12 hours in some cases. So another round to make sure they're comfortable with the pick would fit. It's never been done before. This is like Survivor and Big Brother and Dancing with the Stars uh, all combined. where they, they narrow down the finalist. Listen, the more dysfunctional they are, the yeah. better we are. That's true. All right. Bring Let's, it on. Bring it on. Keep it going. Can you imagine <laughs> do you, sitting in a, do you, Jimmy? sitting in a room with Jim Irsay for 12 hours? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The well, content. He, I'm he telling probably, you. Like around hour six, he'd like, like unfold his legs and he'd go, hey, you want to light one up, man? What do you think? What do you think? Mm. And, uh, hey, somebody needs to hit the CVS. Somebody. All right. Now, this is off the text line designed Did by Lifetime. Did you say you want to light one up? Is that what you just yeah, said? Yeah. So, uh, uh, the... Text line, happy to have Big Surf back, all right? Uh, one says, damn you, Leon, I lost sleep last night that you were going to be adios, uh, LOL. Uh, and then another one, what's Leon doing back? Well, he ain't never left, man. He ain't never left. You are what brought him back That's to the right. city of Jackson. Or it was just not Tom Brady day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. By the way, you did notice that they did not storm the court last night yeah. in Gainesville, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what, that's what I wanted why? to talk about. Shivs. Yeah. Not because of the shivs. Is that what they were worried about? Or they were worried about trampling the Dazzlers. Is that I mean, what they were worried about? I mean, about? I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah. There, somebody's going to get seriously hurt one time in one of these things. Yeah, you're over the top. I'm not you know, over the top. You know, what this, you know what it means? It says Florida's been there before. That's what it means. Uh, I don't think they have. Not in a while. It's not been, in a while. It's that is an excellent point. Years. Not in a while. But I do, I, honestly, I, I love it when they storm the court or storm the field or anything like that. I got no problem with it. Uh, occasionally something irregular. If you were the AD happen. of Florida, you'd have a big problem with it. Yeah. Why? Risk. But risk analysis. Yeah. Can your we risk, make that? Your risk analysis guy looks at you and says, are you out of your mind? And you know what my other risk analysis is? It's uh, look at our fans on television. That's, uh, a, okay. that, that, that's a, just a, a nice little sizzle reel for the university. They love it. They love it. Can we make that the poll question then for today on this uh, fine Thursday? What's the what's the question? Will should, there be? Is, can you Flo- find a shiv in the crowd? I- no. Should Florida have stormed the court after they beat number two Tennessee? Yeah. Keep it well, that simple. Yeah. Brought to you by Beaver Toyota yeah, you and Beaver Chevrolet. I, I honestly, that was a big win for them, and they probably do need to 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 feel that. That's for sure. We have one on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. One tickets to the game uh, last night from Hacker Show. First college hoops game. Uh, couldn't ask for a better first nice. game. So that's cool. So uh, I, I love hearing that. All right, you guys jump in six four one ten ten. We do have to talk a little bit about the coaching news with what's going on. Now we've kind of filled out most of these spots, and there's still a few that will ultimately be decided. But let's at least look at it. We talked a little bit about the AFC South yesterday and where this division is and where Duval can rule this division if things keep going the way they are right now. So we'll dig into all that coming up. It's XL Primetime with all of us, including Big Surce, hanging out. Is that Costanza over there? (laughs) What are you doing here? What? Am I crazy? 
Or didn't you quit? When? Friday. Oh, what, what, that? Are you kidding? I didn't quit? Why, you took that seriously. <laughs> you mean laughing stock, all that stuff? Come on, will you stop it? No brains, no ability. Teasing, what? Okay, I want you out of here. I don't know where you're getting this from. I... You're serious, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> you see, you just, you don't know my sense of humor. I mean, Dan, don't I joke around all the time? <laughs> I wouldn't say all the time. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Ah, yes. Whether it's George or whether it's our very own Leon Cersei, no one's retiring. At least on this program. Maybe you down I was serious. Maybe down in Tampa Bay on Tom Brady annual retirement day. Yeah. I still think that's why y'all did it. Personally. Yeah, I think who Le- knows? Leon was just getting in the celebratory holiday spirit. I did not put the two together originally. It, it, it I did not put the two together. But our big man hasn't left, that's for sure. Uh he's here, he's with us. Uh and it definitely has made a lot of people out there happy, that's for sure. Appreciate all that have texted. We're sorry to everyone that panicked. Yeah. yeah. It was fun for us. Maybe not for you. Hopefully you get a laugh. I did record in case you missed the opening segment. Uh, The video version is up on the 1010XL channels. So Leon was talking about just playing for the love of it. And so this is just a nice little note, text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, I'm transferring from UNF to University of Florida this fall, 19 years old. I'm only one year removed from high school. But I've been training for the past couple of months to try and walk on at the University of Florida. 6'1", 250. May never even get on the field uh, or even make the team. But I'm doing everything I can to get a chance to play for my dream team at the University of Florida. Uh, All that to say, some people, it's not all about the money. It's just about how much you care and love the school. Uh He loves the game of football. Yeah. He does. He does. Can't you love both? You you can love both. Absolutely, you can love both. I just just question – and not all the kids. I just mm-hmm. question their desire once they get paid. Yeah. Because the whole the, the whole template behind going to college is to enjoy college, to play well, and then the NFL comes and look at you, and then that's when you make your money. Yeah. And, and it's just like anything else. You're an apprentice. You're, you're, you're learning a craft, yeah. a trade, or whatever. Exactly. exactly. Uh, staying in the college ranks, let's hit to that real quick, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by... Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to ESPN's Chris Lowe, Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese has emerged as the top target for Alabama's OC job. Reese has had discussions with Nick Saban. He is scheduled to be on campus today. Sources tell ESPN Saban is looking, of course, to replace Bill O'Brien, who left for the Patriots offensive coordinator position. I wonder what the Irish think about that. Uh, They were off and on on him. A, a little bit this past season, uh, called some Irish fans have yes, yeah Irish fans called called some some good games and then obviously it was a pretty exciting one that was uh, staged here against I mean, South Carolina. Got a, got a backup quarterback to have a twenty touchdowns against five interceptions this yeah. year. And, and Not we that were talking, bad. We, we were talking about Dan Mullen, Matt, just that he was a guy that might be mentioned as a guy that that Nick may go for. But I like that. I like the sound of that. Just I don't know exactly what I would describe his style of offense. Uh, I can tell you what else it does as well is you know. He played for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame mm-hmm. and coached with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Brian Kelly loves him. So Brian Kelly him. Brian Kelly tried to get him to LSU when he left Notre Dame to be uh-huh. his OC. And Tommy Reese said, no, nah, I'm going to stay here with Marcus Freeman. Mm-hmm. And now if he goes to the SEC, it's interesting because you, you not only 
help your program, but he might get a little insight on what's going on at LSU as well. Yeah. Just philosophically, what they're doing, what Brian Kelly's doing, how he's doing it, how he's doing things, not only recruiting, but, you know, on the field as well. Yeah, and just uh, get a little intel about your rival. It's like, yeah, uh, you course. know, we go back to the days of Coughlin. What did he do? He robbed inside the division. That's you strengthen yourself by weakening the other. And, you know, like going and getting bit Leon back in the day and signing him. You, he was trying to pluck some of those from those other teams. And Nick, I'm not saying Nick's worried about Brian Kelly, but having just a little extra. Oh, I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely am. Yeah. I mean, how could he not? Well, how I, could he not be concerned about both Kirby and Brian Kelly mm-hmm. at well, this point? I think I mean, he's worried about I think he is worried about Kirby. Well, he doesn't, Naturally. He doesn't act like he is, but I, yeah. I will say this. I mean, he clearly is a great recruiter. Mm. He's now second class as a top five class or top six class. Um, he's locking down the state of Louisiana, which is huge for him. Mm-hmm. He's getting guys from throughout the South and nationally. So, I mean, he's a guy that clearly can coach. We saw that last year oh, with a team yeah. that won five games the year before. So, I, I mean, I I look at him, and, I, and I, I'm looking at this dynamic. This is – I mean, we've talked about this earlier, too. This offseason, I said all along, is going to be the most interesting of all for Saban in his 16 years because he's not only replacing two coordinators. He now is no longer the top of the, the, top of the mountain. Now is Georgia, mm-hmm. 100% Georgia. Mm-hmm. He also lost to his biggest rival – well, second biggest rival. Auburn's the biggest rival. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, and then the next rival, LSU, in the same season. So he's now a little bit, maybe half a step back, if you know what I mean. If he's if he's not saying, how do we deal with LSU? How do we deal with Tennessee? Right. He's, he's not, not he's not coaching the way he should be coaching. Yeah, and he's not Nick. He's okay. not right. He's not. So yeah. my, my this is I don't know if it was his first, if it was his first choice for OC. I'm sure it wasn't, but you better believe a hundred percent. That the idea of getting Tom Reese also is an idea of getting an in on LSU and Brian Kelly. At least an idea of what they're doing, how they're doing it, what he's done in the past, and how he builds the program. Meanwhile, Billy Napier is knocking down three stars. Okay, he's bringing them in left and right. Crushing it. It actually added up uh, to a top 15 class. Uh, 16, I think. So, 16, is that what it was? Yep. Okay, listen. I am I, surprised. He I'm going to go actually, with whatever ranking that says I, they're higher. I actually think that might that be worse than any Mullen class. Make my $9.90 a month worth it. 16 is what you got? I think it's worse than any – I think it's either close to or worse than any Mullen class, 16. I am, su- I am surprised that he, he did even address Jaden Rashada. Yeah. Well, he's got this one, at the very least. J.J., play this one, Billy Napier. At least he explains it just a little bit. Anyway, I've got him ranked 11th in my recruiting ranking. That's what I've got. <laughs> you know, it's not permissible for me to get specific. Um, you know, I think the big thing here is as the dust settles – you know, our focus is preparing our team, uh, the group of players that have joined our team. I wish we could get into the specifics, but we're not allowed to. You know, I think reality is the current structure of NIL, um, with third parties being involved, uh, with agents being involved, um, with marketing representatives, with lawyers, with collectives, um, very fluid, right? And I think a very unique dynamic. I think we're living in a time in college athletics uh, that we'll look back upon. So, um, but I think ultimately NIL is a strength for the Gators. Uh, I'm very pleased with where we're at relative to our current players, all athletes, uh, and what we've been able to get accomplished in a short amount of time. 
I, I, I'm speechless, honestly. Did he say it wasn't a strength? What did yeah. he, he say? He said it was it, a strength. It, 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 it was it a is. strength. Okay. Yeah. Right. And he's very pleased with what they've been able to get accomplished uh, a lot in a, in a little amount of time. What do you say? Uh, uh, I say. Your monthly subscription to it. I say <laughs> bunk. Okay. That's what I say. Bunk. Uh, and I want to see if you have done so much in so little amount of time, I want to see the results. Okay. I want to see a game plan that looks like it matches the other team's game plan. Uh, those are those are the things I'm most interested in. I want you to be able to outfox Clark Lee and Vanderbilt on a Saturday at noon. That's what I want you to do. Well, we'll ben, remember when can. somebody on the show said that Billy Napier was a better hire than Brian Kelly? Best hire. Of the cycle. Of the cycle. Of the cycle. Not only better than Brian Kelly, but yeah. of the entire yeah. cycle. That included Lincoln Riley going to right. Southern California. Right. Uh, Didn't want Lincoln Riley. Remember that? Didn't want him. The same Billy Napier who said he believes Florida evaluated 24 transfer quarterbacks before securing Graham Mertz. Oh, wow. I love that they evaluated him. They, right, they, well, that's like my, the Seinfeld episode. Anybody can take a reservation. Yeah, yeah. You just can't hold it. Can you hold it? Yeah. Like, anybody can evaluate quarterbacks. Can you actually get them on your campus and get them to sign a letter of intent? If we're being fair to heck, he never said over Lincoln Riley. The actual Gator program decided uh, to hire him over. Yeah, uh, he just said I, it was I believe the best he hire. did say it was the best hire. Did over he? Everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he said it was the best hire. I'm going to need you to text him on that. I got to stick up for Hack. Yeah. That's outrageous. Well, I mean, of course, he's a crazy. year later, he's not going to say that, but you can go back and listen because <laughs> yeah. he definitely yeah. said it. It's a now versus then comment. You know that. All right, but I'm looking at these uh, the, the quarterbacks that are coming in. Jackson Arnold, third overall as far as the ESPN 300. Arch Manning, fifth. You've got uh, Imaleva. You've got uh, Eli Holstein. You've got is it Lonergan? You got two quarter, yeah, Lonergan, two quarterbacks that are going to Alabama. Marcel Reed going to Texas A&M. He's among the ESPN top 300. Chris Parsons going to Mississippi State. Ricky Collins is going to LSU. Uh, Gamari Johnson's going to Missouri. Uh, Lenore Sellers going to South Carolina. So that those are all ESPN 300 recruits, Leon. But there's not, right? There's not a a, a Gator emblem to be found. You got Texas, Oklahoma, Tennessee, two from Alabama. Uh, and the rest of them. Those are all freshmen. For, uh, yeah, all, all freshmen, freshmen recruits that signed that are in What about the portal? When, when is the portal? Yeah, well, game? I was just going to say, so the portal, because, Joe, I understand what you're saying about the recruits, mm-hmm. right? Let me go over these portal quarterbacks. I'm sure these some of these are among the 24 that he, they, they yeah. analyzed, okay? Right. So Jake Garcia, your guy at Miami, mm-hmm. went to Missouri. Walker Howard went from LSU to Ole Miss. Taven Jackson from Tennessee went to Indiana. Do you think they analyzed Taven Jackson by any chance? Is that you'd, possible? You'd, you'd hope. Sam Jackson went from TCU to Cal. Okay? These are all guys that will start and are guys that can play in college football that are, that are like guys that are pretty dang good. Tanner Mordecai from SMU. Mm-hmm. 70-something touchdowns in the last few years. Went to Wisconsin. Went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Joe. Yeah, a little curious. Wisconsin. Okay? Yeah. That might have been money-driven. You cannot tell me that, that – Sam Hartman, of course, Wake Forest, North Carolina. I mean, in Notre Dame, excuse mm-hmm. me. You can't tell me that th- these guys, Jack Plummer went from Cal to Louisville, to Louisville. You cannot tell me that they looked at 24 guys and decided that Graham Mertz was their guy. Yeah, I, Maybe I, it was yeah. we looked at 24 and Graham Mertz was the only guy we could get. Right. Yeah. We, we offered or we talked to 24, and they all either said politely no or 
you know, that they basically didn't even want to hear the offer. I have no idea. I just know that they're not in a great situation quarterback-wise right now. Off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Billy's class is better than every Mullen class. A 94 player rating is best in 12 years for UF. Only two three stars. Uh, you want him to add uh, six or seven three stars like Tennessee and Miami so he would have a seven-rated class. Uh, look, I, I, I'm all for whatever he does numbers-wise. Just the product on the field, I think every Gator fan out there is expecting to see something a little bit better. I don't think there's any question there. Miami, does Miami want to see a better product on the, on the field? Uh, guessing so. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that, and Mar- Mario's got to not only go out there and win these recruiting battles, he's got to put a better product on the field. Look at him bringing you into this. You see this? Mm, see see how he's bringing this in? I know. He's bringing you and Jay um, into this well, mess. Because they're both that's of the same. That's what happens to the guy that's drowning. In they're the both water. of the yeah. same pile. The guy that's drowning yeah. just reaching up to ground somebody with him. That's all. Are they not in the same pile? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terrible on the field, but, I mean, we're kicking y'all's ass in recruiting. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, so a lot of folks on the text line are now arguing that the reason Florida's rating is uh-huh. not as high, which, by the way, apparently it's the highest cumulative rating in 12 years. Let me make sure I give a, a shout-out to the uh, texter. Here it is. Uh-huh. I don't doubt 30, that 36 13 says, a 94-player rating is the best in 12 years for UF, only two three-stars. You want him to add six, seven, three stars like Tennessee and Miami have, so he would have a seventh-rated class. It's just because there's less players. No, class. here's what I want. I want him to beat the program for Devin Leary. That's what I want. By the is way, it the that pro- difficult? Yeah. The program Is it that difficult to beat yeah. the program for Devin Leary from NC State? I agree. I totally agree. And the program was ranked a little further down in the recruiting rankings. They were ranked 34, 34th overall. How about Hudson Card? Is it yeah. that difficult for him to beat no. Hud- no. to get Hudson Card instead of no. Purdue? Is it that? You're not going to get an argument from me on that. That's for sure. Uh, and he's supposed to be the offensive guy. That's the other part of this. Here's another one. I'm just going to throw this one out there, too. Mm-hmm. How about a guy who's from the city of Jacksonville? Is it that difficult for him to get Jeff Sims ahead of Nebraska? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have made a play Also for Jeff would have Sims. been a better player. Yeah, right out of Jacksonville. Also a better player yeah. than the guy he got. In Sandalwood. All right, uh, Leon off the text line, uh, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. It says, okay, I'm late to the show. Heard Leon and just saw his unretirement video. I do have one question. Why is the station letting my man wear some 1990 Walkman headphones? <laughs> <laughs> That's all they had, bro. Hey, we tried to give him different no. ones. I see. I told he broke you, the man. other ones. When no, I walk- didn't break the other ones. No, someone took them. They oh, they did. Misplaced them. When you, when you put those on the other day, remember I said, bro, no, they're gonna work. snap. And if they well, actually I, saw like how dirty here, they are, am I here to uh, style or talk? Which yeah, one is it exactly? But He's you're styling. styling with your glasses. That's yes, the key. Yes, and they're pretty those, clean. You put those Walkman headphones on. I'm good and, with the Walkmans. Yeah, huh? he likes it. He I likes like the it. sleek look. Thank you. Yeah, that's hilarious. Back to the Future action is what's going on right now. That's exactly what's going on. Uh, all right, now we mentioned. The, I'm all, glad I wasn't the only one who thought that, yeah, you know. Yeah, it was and long. like he has and to I, like stretch them all the way. Like, yeah, and, ba- and I have them on backwards too. <laughs> and, I, and I do know that they're at some point they are going to snap, and I'm going to try and have a backup pair ready for him. But it, uh, you know, it's it, it's working right now. It it's, is. He wants to make sure he can hear in both ears, you know. Uh, which is important. All right, AFC in, in you know in in general, and we're looking at these. Coaches. By the way, the uh, Pro Bowl yeah. games start today. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, I heard the all events, the events. Uh, the events start today as we as contest. we transition back to the NFL. Yeah, yeah, I heard. The water all the, balloon, I hope, is today. Yeah, water balloon toss. The pie, I believe pie is one throwing of contest is tomorrow. Yeah. What about the axe throwing, JJ? Do you know what day of the week? I'm actually looking to see when the game. It says. What it's are the games, Sunday. JJ? What are the the games? Uh, let me look. Give me a second. Yeah, they're, they're not going to throw an axe. It's terrible. 
Oh, okay. So today <laughs> at seven o'clock on ESPN, we have the lightning round, Ooh. which is a three event elimination challenge consisting of 20 players from each conference. Each player that, quote, survives an event, I'm sure it's very dangerous, is this yeah, like, moves on to the next event. Is this like, uh, what's the Netflix show? It's like that movie. Oh, my. It is yeah. water balloons. Teammate pairings from each conference yeah. will toss water balloons back and forth from increasing distances. Each tandem that completes all of their tosses advances to the this second is, phase. This is Battle of the Network Stars. This, this is, is like embarrassing. This is literally like field day in elementary school. Oh, you got to be You're kidding, forgetting man. the thrill Carry of the this bill. On the spoon, the egg on the spoon. Are they doing like a potato sack? Hop, too? Well, I'm about to tell you the next one. The remaining players from each conference will aim at targets attached to a bucket hanging above the head of an opposing conference coach. The first team to dump the bucket of water on the opposing coach wins. Okay, I'm giving my Pro Bowl status away. <laughs> I'm giving it away. I am. I'm sending it back to him. I am. Is there a way I can send it back to him? Uh, I, I thought Mia was just joking no, about No, bro. The I'm water sending balloons. it back no. to them. And, and we Christ weren't joking about the axe throwing either. We, we yeah. need the axe throwing what? as well. Yeah, we need it. I don't know. We need they the axe throwing. The axe throwing would actually be way cooler than that. No, yeah. bro, not you guys worried. are. Th- I mean, you guys are worried about shivs. I mean, not worried about shivs. <laughs> Imagine somebody throwing an axe. Yeah, but there's you nobody. Don't throw People do it at restaurants all the time these yeah, days. Throwing it at a wall. It's like the new hip thing. You Absolutely. go to a brewery, you yeah. throw axes. Yeah. You might be throwing it at a wall, but if you rear it back and you never know, your your knee buckles and all of a sudden it throws. Yeah. And I, I'm there's never, Joe with an axe in his head. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the axe onto the court. Yeah. Oh, that's all I know, and onto the field too. When I'm I never storm the guy it. that looks at the worst possibility. I'm looking. Hey, at man, the risk. Yeah, I'm looking at hitting the ball. Hey, man. Risk hey management. Man. This is ridiculous. This yeah. is embarrassing. It Matt is. always worries about everything. Like yeah. yesterday <laughs> when we did our little thing with Leon, he comes up to me in the commercial break. He's like, we got to tell Steve, like, which is our boss. Like, we have to yeah, tell everyone. Well, what everyone. if he was listening, man? He's like, dude, can yeah. you just relax for five right, but, seconds? But within 10 minutes of me saying that, what happened? The sales staff starts calling and saying, good. what's going on? Let Leon, him quit. S- freak out for a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's then, good and radio. Then, yeah. And then Leon witnessed his own funeral. He's like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> Get rid of me that right. fast. Leon heard that. And he's yeah. like, bro, uh, maybe I should, you know. <laughs> I told him, if I lose Cooter and Surce on the same day, I went straight to the bar. It was just, it was very upsetting to me. That's that's for sure. Oh, we do have a best catch. Yeah, yeah walk us through some of these other um, other Pro Bowl na- uh, games before we hit the AFC coaching search. Precision passing. And if our boy Trevor does not win this, I'm going to be pissed. Because the candidates, or not the candidates, the competitors are Trevor, Tyler Huntley, Derek Carr, Kirk wow. Cousins, Geno Smith, and Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Make us proud, Trev. Yeah. Do not lose to these scrubs. Yeah, and by the way, Jared Goff had a, a bit of a rebirth of type of year. Uh, Derek Carr has had nothing else to work on, so maybe he's been working on this. But still, he was yeah, he was invited. Apparently, he said back something about it's going to be redemption, redemption. Yeah, because him. it's going to be in Vegas. Yeah, Jared Goff is Stadium. in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I know. Jared Goff had a pretty yeah. good year. Yeah. Jared Goff deserves yeah. to be in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. The other his, one's not so much. Yeah. yeah. His season track. was surprising. That offense, the reason Ben Johnson, the oh, OC, yeah, lit us up. Yeah, was getting lit so us many. Up. Yeah, the reason. Well, not just not just the Jags. I mean, the reason that Ben Johnson was getting so many head coaching looks mm-hmm. is because that offense, offense was a top five yeah. offense. And he had been basically the dealt, Lions ain't your grandmother's just, Lions no more. Yeah. They just you know, they just giving um, Pro Bowl. They are. They're giving them out like stickers uh, in, in kindergarten. Right, everybody gets one. Yeah, I got two more events for you guys. Yes, All right, what? move the chains, um, which is 
Each team of five players is responsible for pulling a wall loaded with heavyweights. This actually sounds like you could get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ten yards as quickly as possible using first down chains. Uh, and then the last one that I'm seeing is, of course, flag football. <laughs> I'm not joking. So that's They're the literally game. playing a flag. Why would you play that, though? Yeah, that's gotta, the marquee you gotta, game. You've got as much pro- possibility of hurting your knee doing that well, as you do. Who is that Patriots player that they played Beach flag football yeah, Robert in the early 2000s. Exactly. Yeah. Never played again, I don't think. He, he ripped both knees up. Mm-hmm. Because that was it was they do that? That's well, it is funny because if we talk about ACLs, what are they generally? Uh, non-contact. Non-contact. Yeah. And so, yeah, cutting, and they're probably going to be on some field turf. They're not going to be on r- real grass, I wouldn't think. And so, yeah, that. but that's their deal. That's what they're going to come in with to try and uh, make you think that you need to tune in and watch this. Uh, this, this I, I'm pumped. Match. I don't know about you guys. I'm super joke. pumped. You better not watch that, JJ. I'm it's not. just going to be for the viral videos. Let's be oh real here. God. That's all they want. They want the, the TikTok and the Instagram videos to come mm-hmm. out of it. Can't yeah. wait for the Tyler Huntley and the precision passing challenge. <laughs> yeah. Tyler Hunt, I mean, you could throw Graham Mertz in there and he could win that thing if Trevor <laughs> wasn't in there. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Which, by we. the way, Matt, uh, real quick, to put a bow on our discussion of the Florida Gators quarterback position, someone on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, actually, it is 0602, says, Jeff Sims, he's awful. We'll definitely take my chance with Mertz over him. Yeah, I All wouldn't right, call Jeff Sims awful. I might call Graham Mertz to which awful. Then, bro, to which have, then, bro, you clearly haven't watched Graham Mertz play, okay? Yeah. 9478 says, not saying Mertz is good at all, but what has Leary or Card done? Well, I mean, Devin Leary got injured last year in the middle of the season. The year before when he played a full season, he had 35 touchdowns against three interceptions. Yeah, and, and so, he's a I big mean, guy that can you know. move. Yeah, he's a big guy that can move, which would he's set up well. He's also a guy that's going to play in the NFL as opposed well, to Well, it would set up well for what Napier. And then really all you got to do is take a look and see what um, uh, what Stoops and – I'm drawing a blank on the uh, the offensive corner that came back. Ian Cohen. Yeah. Ian Cohen. Yeah, and, and Cohen, really when he good. gets a, really a hold good of coach. him, right. yeah, I would think that they're going to be licking their chops over the idea of, of putting him in that offense. And and I think he would actually be – you know, Levis was a pretty accurate passer that certainly could take off and move, but he's the same type of guy, same skill set, and a big dude too. Speaking of Will Levis, our boy Matt from Pontevedra says, Devin Leary, Graham Mertz, Will Levis, they're all the damn same. They suck. Yeah. Like Dan Mullen. Yeah. Again – that's the drowning man pulling other people down with him. The mm-hmm. programs beat you three to the last five times, and they beat you mm-hmm. on a really good quarterback in the portal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, look, th- what they're doing, you have to acknowledge it. And I have to uh, apologize to, to Big Bourbon Nation all the time because, I, you know, I'm ripping in no In no world that you live in should Florida be losing to Kentucky this often in the game of football. What do you think happens yeah. next year in Lexington? But Yeah, it easily could happen. Easily could happen. About ready to be four six. Yeah, there's 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 really nothing right now that makes you think that 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 it won't you, be right. Yeah, what, what you see in Gainesville versus what you see in Lexington is you know going to get going to put you on the right side of that game. Uh, yeah, Florida's got to get back to that. Florida has to get back, just like Florida State restored a lot of what they did in the ACC this last season. Will it last? Don't know. But they were able to put together a double digit win season, start beating the teams that they're supposed to beat on a regular basis. Though the NC State game. Still probably haunting them a little bit. But they went and started beating the teams they were supposed to beat. What does Florida need to do? What does Miami need to do? They need to start beating people that you expect them to beat on a regular basis. And they haven't done enough of that lately. I think it's, honestly, I think it's champagne expectations and beer reality is what Mm -hmm. it is. Well, it's what it's become. They have this, well, it's been that way for a long time now, and I don't think they can grasp that. Yeah. I honestly don't. Well, they've won a couple. Because I got buddies that I've gone to school with. Right. Text me all the time. What the hell is going on? And I'm yeah. like, man, you got to find the right coach. I think this guy could be the right coach. Mm-hmm. 
Who knows? Who knows at this point? But I think he could be. It's not just a matter of somebody going to get players because the players have to like the guy. Yeah. Because everybody's got money. Everybody's throwing money around. The players have to eventually like the guy they're going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and look, uh, as much as we had fun with the Southerner, Brian Kelly, they like him right now down in Baton Rouge. The guys that played for him seem to like him. Uh, Jaden Daniels seemed to like him. They went out and put together a pretty solid class. His first full class uh, included 16 four-star prospects and 11 transfers, and, and all but one of them from the Power Five. So that's pretty good. So let me real quick, 753 on the text line, would there be any accountability when Matt is dead wrong about Mertz? Number one, if Mertz plays well, I'll we'll fire Matt. I'll be yeah. the first yeah. guy to scream. Yeah, he'll, he'll I'll be the first res. guy to scream at the top of the hills yeah. about it, okay? Yeah. But let me just tell you this about Graham Mertz, okay? His first two games that he ever started at Wisconsin, he threw seven touchdown passes, mm-hmm. no picks. That was in the COVID season. Oh, yeah. It was, okay? He looked sharp. Since then, 31 touchdowns, 26 interceptions. Yeah. He's an average, at best, quarterback. Right. Now, that, now that said, yeah. and that's Billy, a, that's Billy against, Napier could work his magic with him, yeah, okay? That's against lower Big Ten defense. Yes. Too. Billy Napier could work his magic with him, and everything could be great, and he may end up throwing 25, 26 touchdowns against – four interceptions, and they win 10 games, mm-hmm. and they beat the program, and everybody's happy again. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Uh, well, large. they feel slim. One other thing about, about Napier trying to lasso more kids in-state, which is a big deal trying to, to be able to do that. Miami, Mario wants to lock down South Florida. We, we all know what they're all trying to do. Norvell trying to do the same thing. Back to Brian Kelly. LSU got seven of the top 13 prospects in Louisiana. Now, Big Vic. My neighbor, diehard purple and gold. He knows that too many of them were exiting to Tuscaloosa, to Georgia, uh, to Texas, wherever. And so for Kelly to have that, LSU fan needs to be pretty fired up about that too. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so Joe, let's just go real quick, okay? Mm-hmm. Top eight Georgia recruits. First eight, okay, of the Georgia recruits now. We're all good with this, right? Mm-hmm. This is the state they're from. Florida. Florida. South Carolina, Massachusetts, Florida, Alabama, Florida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's just going, going wherever he wants. He's going into the state of Florida and yeah. picking the best players and yeah. signing them. Yeah, and, and, and he so, – and, and, and you could say all you want about Florida fans and I'm negative and blah, yeah. blah. Until he starts keeping the best players yeah. home, I mean, that's, you are not going to win an SEC yeah. championship. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's my point with Brian Kelly in Louisiana because they were losing them like you're describing. And Georgia has routinely been coming in here. So is Nick. So is Dabo. And so is Ryan Day. Ryan Day from Ohio State has been coming here. And, and that's why you know as well as I do, that's why Mario's got to lock up uh, so, SoFlo and make sure those oh, guys I mean, don't get out in, of there. Including yeah. Jordan Hall, yeah. who's at Westside High School. Right, and went to Georgia. Who's 70 miles away from the campus in Gainesville. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a five-star D lineman. Mm-hmm. How do you win in college football and any football? Yeah. Five-star deal. get those bigs. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Mario's trying to do that now. I mean, with, listen, the, the bevy of, of football talent, the mass majority of it is South Florida high school football, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. So he's got to make an imprint down there in some capacity with the coaching staff because the product that he's put on – see, the, I talked to – actually, I talked to a high smell two days ago. Mm-hmm. He said when I was coming down there, he said the vibe here is different. He said that there was a lot of kids that weren't into the, the program where he was putting, and they had to go. So he said he had to restart, reassess – the talent that he had, man. I could understand that, but we can't have another five and seven. 
And that's Alonzo Hodgman we're talking about, a great yes. game. He is doing which, a good job yes. getting the South Florida kids. In, yes. There yeah. those, but that's, and, well, he's getting the South Florida kids that actually want to work. Yes. At least it seems like it. They want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to note, before we hit the break, uh, since I have plenty of friends now texting mm-hmm. me, will Matt and Joe be held accountable for slandering the fact that the University of Florida's 2023 class doesn't have nothing but three stars. Mm-hmm. They have two three stars. They have a lot of four stars. 18 mm-hmm. four stars. Zero five stars, to which I say, Florida, I guess you're okay with being four-star university then, huh? Sex all primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Big Sars in the building. He said, see you next sunrise after he was contemplating changing everything in his life, heading to Costa Rica, setting up a cigar shop. And back he came. He missed us too much. All of Duval pretty stoked as he is back with us. Now, he's part of Duval. Our next guest, who we're going to say hello to in just a second, is also uh, part of Duval. One Patrick Young of Providence fame, but also of Gator fame. And they came up with a big win last night. So we'll say hello to the former Gator star as they were able to pick off number two Tennessee and come away with a win. And SEC Network fame, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's done Patrick a killer job up there. And he's doing SEC this morning, apparently, yeah. now. Is he doing that, too? Yeah, apparently he tweeted he was on this morning, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, then he is working harder than I realized um, because I saw him. Um, in, on the golf course? Yeah. Well, no, I just saw him last night doing some of the, uh, you know, the kind of check-ins yeah. and whatnot. And so I was just happy to see him. And, and he looks good, looks healthy. He's trying everything he possibly can to just keep, uh, you know, his motors moving. Uh, talking about a guy that paralyzed from the waist down that uh, is not saying uh, no to life, okay? He's figuring out the best way uh, to win on a daily basis and do everything he can to get himself back uh, to 100%. Hopefully, uh, one day that will happen. Uh, We've got an all-name recruiting list that I want to get to coming up in just a little bit. Oh, baby. You know we're going to have fun with that. Yeah, one of them is Uriona Baranachea. That's his name. And so I might ask you all to spell that one, but let's go ahead and say hello to our dude. Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Florida, former Florida Gator, Pat Young, the pride of the Providence School, Jacksonville Duval. He was in studio last night as the Gators upset number two Tennessee. And Pat, first and foremost, happy belated birthday. Number two, is that the reason that you tweeted five hours before tip off? that the Gators would upset Tennessee and you proved to be right. Well, I didn't really say, like, Gators are going to win. I said, hey, they would make my birthday <laughs> if we got it. You know, I kind of played it safe there. I didn't want to, you know, uh, say something and the volunteer fans come at me. Um, but, hey, I and by the way, not a former Gator, always Gator. Hey, there, there it is. Just, just, not, just not competing. And it was hilarious. I'm, I'm in studio yesterday. and Usually I try to stay pretty – pretty objective and I'm in there with Damian Fishback and uh Peter Burns and I am cheering yelling like I'm I was the homeriest homer <laughs> there could be yesterday in studio <laughs> for the guys to get that dub yesterday. It was great. Well, that, and, and well then might... you uh you quote tweet my tweet and you say Florida Gators Sharpie. So obviously that's yeah. that's in regards to the win last night, Pat, but yeah. I mean does this change the outlook for their tournament hopes and dreams? Yeah, you know what? Um looking at Going into this stretch that they have right now, uh, Kansas State, Tennessee, uh, Kentucky on Saturday, and then Alabama, it, this team needed to have some belief. 
And I fortunately I talked to Coach Golden this morning on SEC, uh, SEC Now and Series XM, and that's what he said. He said, first of all, we have to have belief in ourselves because that's where it starts. If you're not believing that you can get it done, uh, what's the point of even playing these games? Uh, but yesterday they showed it. You know, Tennessee is one of the best, second-best defensive team in the country behind Houston. They played elite. Florida played elite defense yesterday. Uh, their transition defense, they let, let Tennessee had zero fast break points. Can do a better job on the boards. Tennessee had about 15 or 16 offensive rebounds. But overall, I mean, seven, so the score was 17-3 starting out the game, and then they went on an 18-5 run to end the game. It was incredible. And obviously it's not always going to be like that. But I've been really impressed with Kyle Lofton, with Myron Jones, um, how they fill in, filled in their role for this team. Um, yeah, it was – they can do it. They can do it. And they've got a, a huge obstacle coming up on Saturday. Uh, Kentucky is having a kind of polarizing season, I guess you would say. Uh, after that South Carolina loss at home, fans are kind of getting after Coach Cal. And, uh, but, but this is a great opportunity. I don't think anyone on this Florida team has ever won at Rupp. So it's going to be a wild environment. And they are, they are a thousand percent capable of getting it done. Yeah, love it, love it. We're talking with Patrick Young, former Gator. As he said, always a Gator. You can follow him on social media. You can see him on SEC Network as he breaks it down. And you know, it, it, like, can you think, when you mentioned uh, Todd Golden was on your show earlier, Patrick, uh, like one thing, theme or thing that he thinks is now finally happening with the work that he's put in as far as getting this team to turn a corner? I mean, he just said it, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, and in building a culture, building a team, figuring out how the pieces and components fit in, fit in and work together. Uh, after Christmas break, he said he had to kind of hit a little little bit of a reset button and say, all right, what else, what can I do to get these guys to be more efficient? And especially a guy like Myron Jones, who is a uh, fifth-year senior, um, had a down year last year, struggled a little bit at the beginning of this season. Uh, he's been able to – he has one of the best assist turnover ratios. Uh, getting his – I mean, ultimately, just getting his guys to fight. Mm-hmm. Find that, that right rotation that's going to start the game off right and just fight. You know, the Kansas State game uh, was an outlier of a game. Kansas State is really good. Uh, and it is awesome to see Keontae Johnson uh, doing what he's doing after all he's been through. He inspires me to keep going. He dealt with, with his whole situation for two years. Um, but he, he, just to get his guys to fight and get the right rotation, um, that had been the toughest part for him. But yesterday was a win for him and for the Gator, Gator Nation to say, hey, you got the guy that can get it done. Uh, so I'm, I'm really proud of what he's done and, and just the celebration they had in the locker room. Uh, he's got he's to he's get his weight up. He got a little chest bump and fell mm-hmm. yesterday. So uh, he, he's got to figure that out after a big win to, Make sure he doesn't get knocked over by his own guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, Patrick, I want to piggyback off you, what you what you said that you were so impressed at how they play. Were you more more impressed with their defense, the way they rebounded, the way they shot? I was more impressed with their defense. Uh, I think I think you know Tennessee. Uh, they're an elite defensive team. I wouldn't say they're an elite offensive team, but they are a very good coach, a very well coached team under Rick Barnes. And being able to hold this team that team to zero fast break points. I was so impressed with the, just the transition defense. Transition defense is the hardest thing to do in basketball. And it actually starts with taking a good shot, believe it or not. Good transition defense starts with, with have, taking a good quality shot on offense. And Florida did that. It's good possession. Uh, they attacked the glass. They got back and knocked down the shots that they needed to. Got to the free throw line as well. Colin Castle, we already know how, how great he is. Uh, but they played so well without fouling, held 
Vescovy, to a few points. I, I, you know, the percentages for Olivier Kamwa or Desai Jordan James for Santiago Vescovy, none of those guys can find a groove. And Colin Castleton just hit with his size and presence. He's so intimidating to these, anybody coming to the paint. Uh, there was one possession I was watching yesterday, and Tennessee had three or four opportunities they could have taken a shot, but because Colin was right there, uh, there was his intimidation factor that no one did. So uh, he's he's such he's he's a treat. You know, we're we're gonna miss having Colin there. This is last year, uh, but he's a, he's a pleasure to watch, and uh, I hope he he finishes second in blocks all time. I don't think he's gonna finish first, but I hope he finishes second in blocks all time for University of Florida. Hey, Patrick, I have a philosophical question for you. Maybe you can help out. So, obviously, not just college basketball, but the NBA as well. It's a perimeter shooting game. Why wouldn't, if you're a college coach, why wouldn't you go to, like, D2 level and just find the best shooter at D2? Even though he may not be the type of athlete that can survive in the SEC, why wouldn't you go get the best shooter in D2 and just run ball screens for him all the time and let him shoot? Well, it's not it's not impossible that a Division two player – couldn't come and fit into the system, but you know how many of those guys have the have the size? You know, you have to be able to do so much more than to shoot. Uh, I, are there any? Are there many stories of guys that have, there are? There are some success stories of guys that have gone D two and come to the Division one level and, and made it happen. Um, I don't know. You you don't see you don't see a lot of teams that run offenses that way. The only time I could think of uh, a team in my time that had a I played with Marshall Henderson at Ole Miss, where he was an unbelievable polarizing player, and they ran so many ball screens for him just to get a shot. And he shot the ball from anywhere. Right. Uh, there's just not a lot of guys that 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 do it that way. So I, I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, maybe we should ask Coach Golden if he, he started doing some, <laughs> but you know, with the transfer portal, and there's so much stuff going on. I don't know if these guys have time to go and look at the Division II level as well. I have no idea. All right, so Patrick, Patrick Young joining us on the Fair and Fair phone line. As he mentioned, Florida will travel to both Kentucky and Alabama for their next two games. Alabama at the top of the SEC, 9-0 and in conference play. The Kentucky Wildcats tied with the Gators at 6-3 and in SEC play. But then after that, Pat, there's kind of a drop-off a little bit for the Gators. I mean, they got Ole Miss. They got Arkansas, who's reeling a little bit. And so, for you, if they go 0-2 in this next two-game stretch – are the Gators okay? Where do they need to develop? Do they need to get one of these two? I think they need to. I, what also plays into effect with these quad one games that are on the road is how badly do you lose? Uh, if if they do end up going 0-2 and can leave, leave, keep these games in the single digits, that can only help them. Um, I think this will probably be – it is a quad one game going to Kentucky and uh, Alabama. If they can steal one of those, it would be, it'd be great. But it's not over. Um, there's there's going to be plenty of opportunities. Arkansas is actually starting to find their groove. I think uh, they they lost to Baylor this past weekend or yeah last weekend, but they're a really good team. They're a really good team. So that's going to be a great opportunity for them. Um, after, but it, as we know, a lot of these games um, after that they can't really help. Maybe they won't help you as much. But if you lose one of them, you know it just hurts you. It just you know with the net rankings and all that stuff. It just kills you if you lose to one of these teams, like a South Carolina, like to a Vanderbilt, uh, to an Ole Miss, and uh, your net rankings just end up plummeting. I think we got to get you back at some point and do that transfer portal discussion uh, because I definitely think you've got some deep thoughts on that. All right, real quick, tell everybody how you're doing health-wise and, and what you're working on. I'm doing well, man. I uh, 
gosh, life is, life has just been so, so crazy. My wife has been out of town for the past week. Uh, so I've been on my, on my own for the most part. I, I started driving my, nice. myself uh, nice. two Mondays ago. So uh, that's been pretty great, having the freedom to just get up and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, rehab's going well. I'm at Brooks Rehab. It's one of the best in the country. Um, fantastic place. Just continuing to see progress and just working every day. Uh, can't wait to see what God's continuing to do in my life. I'm also starting to speak. Um, I think I, I Mark, my, our good friend Martin Buckley had this shirt on. I had lunch with him the other day, and yeah. he had this hoodie on that said "Hope Healer." And I was like, "Man, that's that's what I'm striving to be." As yeah. as yeah. Uh, through my story, through everything I'm going through, I'm trying to be a dealer in hope okay. uh, for everybody, uh, and uh, really hope that I can continue to do that with whatever platform comes my way. And I'm th- so thankful for you guys and support. Uh, along this journey and it's, it's not over we're only at the beginning exactly we're thankful for you patrick i was just wondering have you been flying up to charlotte when you're in studio or where exactly are the studios studios in charlotte yeah, yeah. i fly up every every tuesday mm-hmm. and i come back home every thursday that is awesome keep it going bro yeah. listen oh, uh, yeah, you know it yeah and keep letting us know and we'll get the word out especially mm-hmm. if you have uh, any of those new endeavors and speaking is definitely something that patrick young excels at anybody out there thinking about it reach out to him or us uh, and he definitely can inspire and, and move people, that's for sure. Uh, good catching up, buddy, and uh, happy birthday again. Thank you. Happy birthday, Patrick. And happy there birthday. he goes, former – or no, forever, forever, yeah. not yeah. former, right. forever, forever Florida Gator men's basketball player Patrick Young, now SEC Network Analyst. That's what I was wondering, Joe. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, incredible to hear that he's driving yeah. after his accident this summer. But also, I mean, the fact that that's a grind. I don't care who you are. Right. you got to get on a plane every Tuesday – you got to get, get on a plane every Thursday. You're living in a hotel Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, he, that ain't easy. He ain't shying away from any of it. He's embracing it and, and taking it on. That's for sure. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a plane from the University of Alabama has landed at the South Bend Airport. And, and, this is according to Pete Sampson of The Athletic. Thank you, J.J., and Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Rees is boarding it to fly south for an interview with Nick Saban. Uh-huh. What does this uh-huh. mean for Dan Mullen? Uh, all I know is if you're if they threw the if they flew a plane out there for oh, you yeah. and they're flying you back, that's all but Especially a Especially with the jet tracker that's yeah. out there. That's uh, all whole wheels up deal, keeping man. an eye on all. You're of bringing he and his wife and his yeah. kids out there. That's to a check deal it out. And, yeah, you would think. Yeah, what about Dan Mullen? Yeah. No, I, that, I, my guess would be Dan didn't want it. Yeah, and that's guess. that's maybe a deal closer and an introductory later is yeah. probably what it is. Yeah. That's why you bring them collectively, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. All right, that's interesting. Definitely. XL Primetime, we keep it rolling right here on a Thursday. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. And rest assured, Leon is indeed in the building. He's not going anywhere, folks. Surprise. Leon. We got gotcha. you. Happy Tom Brady retirement day. Big sir. Uh, we just got one off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures that I was going to say uh, a shout out to our boy, Denny Thompson, who just walked in and out of the building real quick. Um, but uh, we got to do this shout out. 1729. I think I saw Hacker. Oh, you saw him. <laughs> the Hacker at SeaWorld on Saturday night. Oh, you saw him because he was texting me from SeaWorld. Yes. You saw him. If, hey, let me just wow. tell you all something. If you think you saw him, you saw him, okay? <laughs> no Let's just make that, that clear. You know how you know? That's because like he had a hat on. You, you saw him? You, you saw can't it. think you saw him, okay? <laughs> the hacker 
is yeah. my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just. It's just I mean, going he has down. the hat. I mean, wherever he goes, right? Uh, yeah. To the back, you know, it's the, he's the man. Oh, it's classic. Yes, the hacker. Hey, man. The hacker was hey, indeed at SeaWorld on Saturday night, uh, where he wasn't. Where he wasn't, and perhaps he's the only person on the planet, um, was interviewing with Jim Irsay for the head coaching position with the Colts because apparently everyone else in, on planet Earth has earned an interview. Wow. Uh, they are, yes, confirmed by Ian Rappaport, headed to their third round of interviews. It is February 2nd. And he said it's going to be the most extensive, thorough, aggressive hiring practice that's ever Is there any doubt done. that Jeff Saturday gets that job? Seriously, Seriously. is Football there any doubt? I think the fact that there are so many finalists, I think you might be uh, creeping closer and to the He's going to say, I interviewed 23 everybody. people. Right? Well, everybody. Just from my coaching interview experience, I think the longer the interview, the the less likely you won't get it. Mario put me through a six hour interview. Yeah, and then and about and about hour three, I was like, man, this is some bull. <laughs> are you gonna hire me? I'm not, not, not getting this job. <laughs> like, what are you? And, doing? and what's his you name? Was a, was a coordinator. Six hours. What was he what's doing? his name? Was a coordinator too. Was a Coley. Right, James Coley. James yeah. Coley was yeah. a coordinator. So it's him. It's Mario and him, and they're interviewing me, and For they got me on the white. Oh, bro, they had me on at least five hours. I was fading. I was fading. I was. <laughs> They're basically because saying, at some particular point, bro, you, you're going. It's repetitive. I mean, we're right. going through offensive line stuff, literally. Offensive line. You were stuff. whiteboarding it. Whiteboarding See, it, watching think, film, steps, combinations, this, this, that, or whatever. I and think they were checking to see if you had the uh, willingness as a coach to stay and and do. They everything. were. They were. Yeah. Everything they they had to, bro. With because, your position group, bro. They had to. Because yeah. by by hour four, I was like, bro, I was fading. And didn't, you, and didn't you say that job didn't even pay that much? Like, why? No, 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 no. When initially, when I got when I initially got the FIU, the job was thirty grand for. Oh, so this was different. This was different. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a little money behind them when they brought okay. Mario in. So I mean, with these coaches, these I mean, the longer I mean, the longer you go, what? The less chance you the might less have. Chance you might have. I don't know. And, and, and I just think it's it, it truly is overkill, but that, that little theory you hatch might be the way it goes. We're going to say we did the exhaustive we talked of to exhausting. Everyone, right. right, but the problem is, is you're Hang talking to everybody. To Guess what's happening? We saw it last year with Doug yeah. Peterson, which, of course, the anniversary is tomorrow. I forgot to ask you guys if we're ordering a cake or not. I know we're on remote. Um, you're going to miss out on support staff. You're going to miss out on assistant coaches because another staff that has already been hired and assembled – is going to scoop them up. Yeah, and and I don't know how many of these lines cross, but you can just imagine there's it, it's a small world, the coaching fraternity that is. And Sean Payton's now he's not he's just now thinking about his staff. He's already been thinking about his staff. He's been sitting on the sidelines, and so he kind of has an idea of who he's going to get. Frank Reich plucking some of those from Indianapolis, as you can imagine, from to to come join him. He's the one who's trying to bring Cooter right out of Duval uh, up there to Carolina, and so. Those Don't you steal our cooter? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm worried. Look, here's the bottom line with this. Three other teams in the division, two new coaches, mm-hmm. maybe three new quarterbacks, more than likely two, maybe three. You never know what happens at mm-hmm. You got to – I mean, you got to go 6-0. and You have to. You got to win this division with a winning you gotta record. You got to go 6-0, and not a winning uh, record. And, 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 Set the bar high, man, 6-0. Yeah. and Yeah. Well, I'm just you – know, whatever. I mean, that's fine. I'm just simply saying that this since this team hasn't had a winning record in this AFC South uh, in I can't tell you how long – you know, it, it and they still dropped two games in this division that you you know one you didn't expect the other one you certainly did expect. But the the idea that you can go in there now and take control of from a coaching point of view, from a leadership point of view, meaning Shab will have that money to spend, and then from the quarterbacking point of view, oh heck yeah, man, you got to take if you 
You got to take hold. If you go six and zero and six and four, twelve and well five. Twelve and five might give you the number one. Might give you the number one seed. Yeah. No, I'm not going to give you number one, but it's definitely going to get you a second round home playoff game. Two home playoff games. Uh, Very possible. You know, the best thing the best thing you can say is that the way the AFC AFC is stacked right now, which is what we have all talked about. Okay, AFC mm-hmm. has got a lot of good teams, talent, quarterback, coach, you know, all that stuff. You win your division. You don't worry about trying to go against everybody else for a wild card spot. You win your flipping division. That is the best way to make sure that you're a regular in the postseason. And hopefully that's what they're going to do. Well, they they yeah. just did that. you got to go to the next step, JoJo. Yeah. Set the bar higher, man. Bar's oh, I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, you can set it as high as you want. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm just simply saying well, you got to go win your division. Well, I, I know how I would, I would react as a player if I watched that AFC championship game with Cincinnati and, and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And nothing about either one of those teams scared me. That's what the most frustrating thing about watching that game was is that we, we had the better offensive line probably on both occasions. Defensive line – I'm gonna get the edge to the Chiefs mm-hmm. wide receivers. I'm just saying if Chiefs you, if, I'm just saying good, if, right? if you put a panel and you put check marks by Jaguars, Chiefs, or Bengals, I think we would go toe to toe to both of them. Now everybody was all excited. I was too about the run that this team made and the, the fact that they won the division, all that kind of stuff. But man, this one might have been an opportunity to get in the bowl. Mm-hmm. I think you're closer to the Bengals than you are the Chiefs. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I agree with that. I agree. With I that. mean, I mean, he was hurt. He was hurt. He could barely move. Right. And and again, you don't throw if you don't fumble the ball there at the six. You go in. Yeah. And and don't and, back, and don't and let's not just come back and you win it. Let's just not dismiss what Andy Reid has done since he no, stepped exactly. off the exactly. Plane not only that, they, they keep like he just keeps inserting people. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. And they keep playing at a highlight. It's like the Patriots used right. to do because yeah. they it have doesn't matter. They have the a quarterback coach and the quarterback. And, and, right. And, and, and they just keep the system. Look at the receivers they have now. Mm-hmm. Just guys running around. They're mm-hmm. catching balls everywhere. Yeah, and and they went and spent a little bit of money to get Juju and 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 Valdez Scantling. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Juju not a huge person. Juju and Marquez are are, are Juju's a guy. Yeah, Yeah, it's true, true. So Uh, is Scantling, also just a guy. He can run fast. He's a guy. Yeah, but this group had one guy that was elite. The other one were just guys too. Let's let's put it this way: if if two years ago or three years ago, this team's receivers are Scantling and Juju with with Nick Foles, Mm -hmm. you're going, oh my god, this these receivers are terrible. Mm They got to get better receivers. Well, Juju Smith Schuster has been make, making a pretty good living in the National Football League. He's still a good receiver. Well, he had well, a good with quarterback. Benny. Ben, yeah, yeah, with, with Benny. Benny. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. if he was in on his decline. Yeah. 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 I, and I think another thing that Trevor and Doug Peterson are doing is that they're making this place more desirable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, you, you know, they were, they, I mean, the NFL, what, what was it, three years ago when Tom Coughlin was here, Four. there was a letter sent out about yeah. telling free agents not to come to Jacksonville. Yeah. Because not some only of just check it, but not to not come. To come. Yeah. Yeah. A campaign, wow. a campaign yes. against Duval. Absolutely. So real quick, let's run through. So there were five head coaching openings, which is a low number compared to the eight or nine mm-hmm. we've seemingly had every season for the past four or five years. Um, so far, the hires, the Carolina Panthers hiring Frank Reich, their first quarterback when they began back in 1995, the Denver Broncos trading for Sean Payton, and then the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defense coordinator. So that leaves the Colts with their – Third round interview mm-hmm. process. And then the Arizona Cardinals, which for me is just such a fascinating case study because a lot of folks thought maybe Sean Payton would land there because he would pair up with Kyler Murray. Instead, he goes to Denver with Russell Wilson. And so some of the other candidates that they have interviewed who have not been hired include Brian Flores, the former Dolphins head coach, now the Steelers linebackers coach, uh, Aaron Glenn, Lions D.C., the Bengals D.C., Lou, I can never pronounce your last name. Sorry, buddy. Anarumo. Mm-hmm. 
Brian Callahan, the Bengals' OC, and then the Broncos' DC, Agerio Avero. That's yep. it. That, that's who's left because half the, and then Vance Joseph, their own DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been there, uh, had his chance as a head coach. It didn't last very long, uh, but he is a very, very good defensive mind. But most of them are going to be looking on the offensive side. You've got to look at the at the project that they've got, which is still real. Figuring out Kyler Murray, and if I'm Sean Payton, I basically probably looked at Russ and and Kyler and said, I, even though Russ had a lousy season, I think I'd rather be up there. Uh, with that situation. So here's what, because Leon bringing that up, it's kind of made me think when he brought up the idea that the NFLPA said, don't go there. Mm-hmm. So one show in this offseason, this is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. the entire show. We're going to go from the day after they beat the Patriots in 2018 to go to 3-1, and one, and everybody thought they were going to the Super Bowl. My first week here, by the way. Everything that's happened since. Mm-hmm. And you people will be Oh, it's, amazed yeah, it's nuts at it, all the stuff that yeah, has happened. It really is nuts. And to where they are right now. Yeah. And, and there was a time when one out of every four player association complaints that were received by the NFLPA were from Jacksonville. That happened. That was their that's, that's number. Span, so the span, that's, it's going to be a span of what? Almost five years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're, we got to do that one yeah. show in the yeah. off season. Yeah. We got to do that. Yeah. It's something else. Mm-hmm. All right. Now listen, do not leave. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> do you need I'm, to do like I'm a Duval redo? I'm Duval good, baby. You want to do a redo like the you know they had to do a redo in the AFC Championship game? You want to redo? No, no, no. no, right. no I'm good. You're good. All right. Well, we'll see you here. Actually, we will see you at Famous Quick Loop yeah. tomorrow. Oh, which one? Yeah, we will be on location. I'm going to give you the details. And while we invite everybody else out there as well, because we'd love to see you, just come on out and look. Famous Quick Loop. They've got them all over the city of Jacksonville, and we would love to see you. Let me just make sure. Or at San Jose. Yeah, I'm just going to pull up the actual address. But San Jose Boulevard, it's one of their brand new ones that they got cooking. A little grand opening action, uh, and would love to see you out there. Oh, that, that means they're going to cook dogs and burgers. Oh, you know they are. Big Mike's going to yeah, be cooking it up. Big Mike, but guy Big Mike. All right, so we've got – it's 9902 San Jose Boulevard. 9902 San Jose Boulevard, the famous quick loop over there. All right, we will see you there, Manana Big. You got it. All right, he is out the door. Yeah, yeah, famous quick loop. I'll tell you about a couple of the specials that they will have if you want to make plans to drop on by. Get a little service on your car. Put eyes on Leon. Check out that t- tattoo. All that stuff happening tomorrow at XL Primetime. Now – Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. One of the dudes that does the work to make sure that you know what you are looking at when it comes to draft prospects coming into the National Football League. Eric Edholm joins us now. E, welcome in. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, day three in Mobile. I'm, I'm still alive. That's, that's an important step. <laughs> if you get down there on Dolphin Street, you never know what can happen. So I'm totally right. with you there. Uh, all yeah. right, so. Let's set it up. Uh, you can check out uh, Eric at home, Yahoo Sports, always doing all kinds of good stuff uh, at Eric underscore at home. Uh, but we always ask that basic question to start off. Level of talent at the Senior Bowl, comparatively speaking, you know, over the last, say, handful of years. Yeah, I might uh, anger some of my friends on the Senior Bowl staff, but I, I it, it's a down year just, mm-hmm. just overall. I mean, some of the, you know, two prospects they really wanted, Zay Flowers, receiver out of Boston College, and uh, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, the uh, tight end out of Michigan, uh, went to the East-West Shrine game. The, you know, Will Levis didn't show up. That was that was a big one. They really wanted him. You know, Destin Bennett didn't show up and then <laughs> get a little uh, run-in with the law thereafter. <laughs> so that was a disappointment. Just from a from a buzz standpoint, I think he would have, you know, raised the notch a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it's, 
it's not just those guys. You know, Tyree Wilson, possible top 10 pick, dropped out. Devin Witherspoon, a corner out of Illinois, who I think could be a first-rounder, he he bowed out as well. So the number of high-end prospects down here isn't great, but I think the middle class is solid, and there's some players who really kind of opened my eyes, I'd say, this week that I didn't know as much about. So, E, um, this this franchise probably looking for some pressure off the edge. It's the deepest position in the draft. Who there at the Senior Bowl right now at edge has, has kind of turned your head a little? Yeah, I mean, there's – there's so many different types of bodies, you know, and I, I realize, you know, maybe you guys aren't necessarily keen on the idea of, of someone similar to Caleb on chase on, but that's what I've seen in, in Will McDonald, kind of a skinny electric edge rusher. He's not going to be for everybody, but he's had an eye opening week in some ways because he's so small yet so quick and productive and, and just making plays out here. He'll get buried one play and then the, the next one he goes right around the guy without touch, you know, getting touched. So that maybe that's not the exact route that they go. I would say other guys who kind of opened my eyes. Keon White had a tough first day out of Georgia Tech. He's a big kid, more of like a five tech body. He could kick down inside and passing downs. He could play on the edge. He really responded yesterday, I would say with a with a good uh, uh, showing. The kid who's really surprised me the most, well, he's more of an interior guy. Let me think if I can uh, find somebody who more fits your need. We're looking for uh, a sack getter, Eric. You got a sack yeah, getter out there? There are. I mean, it just it's. I don't see a guy down here that that I that I think okay, that's that's a double digit sack player in the NFL multiple times, or you know, somebody who's going to consistently rush the passer and have that kind of success. The ones who probably look the best, Derek Hall was up and down, but I think has finished strong, you know, or is on the upswing this week. He's a kid out of Auburn with, like, you know, really physically ripped and, and, and a very good high character, high motor. Like, he's everywhere. You know, I love the fact when he loses the rep, because everybody does down here, his next rep is always a, a very good effort. So, you know, he's one to keep an eye on as a day two type of player. And let's see if I can give you one more decent one. How about I, I a, what, what's his name? What's his name out of Army? Andre Carter. Yeah. So I follow his story quite a bit. I like Andre as a developmental player, meaning I think year one, if you get anything out of him, would be a bonus because his strength is not where it needs to be. He's a really long kid. You say, oh, wow, yeah. 6'7, 260, he's quick. His take on strength is going to be an issue early. Army was such an unusual, you know, any of the service academies, they simply don't have, because of their 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 military duties, a, a strength and development program is not going to take the way it would for another athlete who's, you know, fully committed, doesn't have the other stuff. And, you know, they eat at the mess hall, and it's not a specially designed uh, program, you know, as far as the culinary stuff is concerned. It's hard for guys at those, those places to really add the kind of, bulk and strength and power they need, but boy, he's intriguing. You know, long, quick, smart kid, clearly passes the character test. I think he'll be a, if I had to guess, like a third, fourth round pick, and I don't know what you're getting here, one. Eric Edholm, NFL Media, joining us on the Fair and Farrah phone line, live from the Senior Bowl. The other position, Eric, that folks here in Duval County are clamoring for, 
potentially at that number 24 overall draft pick is the corner position. Um, This season, the Jaguars obviously moved Darius Williams from the nickel spot to the outside. Doug Peterson says they like Darius Williams outside, so could they be looking at a nickel or could they be looking at someone with flexibility with Darius Williams, 29 years old, who eventually could play opposite Tyson Campbell? They say this is a very deep corner class. What is your assessment of that so far, and what have you seen at the Senior Bowl? I know – there's a certain Iowa Hawkeye by the name of Riley Moss who has been turning a lot of heads down there. He has. He's had a good week. I don't know that I've been blown away by him like some people have. And, you know, that's that's fine. I, You know, we're all going to have a little bit of a different take on it. I've, I've watched him since the, the 2021 season. I think he had a two-pick six game to start the year, if I recall. And, and that is correct. You don't see a lot of white corners. Let's get the elephant in the room here, right? Like, uh-huh. that's, that's a that's a big deal, right? So I think a lot of people have, have had their eyes on him this week. He's got length. He's, a, he's got track speed. I mean, he's, he's intriguing for sure. I don't know that he's going to be a physical press corner, but as an off-man corner, I can see it. I can see him as a zone guy, too. I mean, he's you know he's got enough length, I think, out there to kind of hang and, and the speed, I think, as well. And uh, he's done a good job of, of not being super handsy from, from the ref side scene, but yeah, he's one to keep an eye on for sure. The other one I really like is, you know, a little bit of a connection to, to the state of Florida with uh, Brian Kelly, who played for the, uh, not the LSU coach, but the uh, Bucks corner, who was on those great defenses in the 90s and 2000s. His son, Caillou Blue Kelly, is a Stanford kid who came down here a little bit thin. He's like high 180s, low 190s, I would say, about six foot, six foot one. But he had a great day yesterday. You know, picked on a couple of the Stanford receiver teammates, did well against the other guys, has good anticipation skills. And he's hungry because he didn't get the ball thrown his way much. <laughs> At Stanford, why would you? And there's there's no reason to. So he, he's taken advantage of his opportunities. Love it. We're talking with Eric Edholm, NFL Media. He's pairing up with Lance Erline with a lot of the breakdowns as far as the Senior Bowl practices this week, so you can check it out at NFL.com. And uh, Osiris Torrance is one that Gator fans definitely want to know about. Uh, we're talking about a big human being. What do you think of him as far as what he's been able to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, yet another University of Louisiana product who is either, you know, obviously in his case, follow Billy Napier to the, to the Gators and, and I think step right in and look the part during the season as a massive, you know, mauling run blocker. And I think he's done a pretty good job this week. Like, I, there's nothing that's looked out of place. A couple little coaching points here about balance and things like that. You know, lunging a little bit and getting a little bit ahead of, you know, over his skis and that sort of stuff. But, boy, it's I haven't seen any reps down here where he was embarrassed or any reps where he looked completely out of place. All these guys take losses in the one-on-one drill. There's nothing to be, you know, there's no – if you nicked a guy for every rep you lost, no, right. nobody would be drafted. So, he's been super competitive. He's a tough kid. The offensive line group has looked pretty solid all week. I, I, I like this what they have down here at that position. So maybe not many superstars, but, you know, could he sneak into the back end around one with good testing? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, I, I don't think he's going to last super long. I think he's a top 50 prospect or something like that. So he's, you know, he's, he's done everything he's needed to do, I think, so far. Hey, you're surrounded by scouts right now and, and a couple of coaching staffs. What are you hearing about the first, you know, three, four picks of the draft? Who do you think, if anyone trades up with the Bears, who do you think it would be? It's funny because when you guys called me, I, I just walked by Ryan Foles, the general manager of the, the, of the Bears, and and uh, you know he's in the catbird seat right now with the number one pick, and 
you know, everything they've, everything he said, everything Luke Getzey, the Bears offensive coordinator who's coaching down here this week, everything he said seems to suggest that they're in favor of keeping Fields as the quarterback. So I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to try to trade the pick if possible. Could they stay at one and take, you know, Jalen Carter, the D tackle from Georgia, or Will Anderson from Alabama, the pass rusher? Sure. Would their ideal preference be to trade down? Absolutely. And with Tom Brady retiring, you know, that's one more QB, you know, the game of musical chairs, there's, there's one fewer player now. So that means, you know, the Raiders at seven could be interested. The Colts at four, Texans at two. I mean, there's so many teams in that range, not counting the Seahawks and the Lions who have multiple first round picks, but I think a deal gets done. In fact, the Bears theoretically could move down twice and stay in the top four and still get Carter or Anderson. That would be a, a grand slam development if they were able to move to two and then also slide down to four and make that happen. So I think quarterbacks are going to go, you know, whether it's Bryce Young, Will Levis, both guys are really well liked. Um, you know, I think we could end up seeing multiple QBs in the top four. And then the other two defensive guys that I mentioned that might fill it out. That's that's the way it looks right now. Obviously, things could change quite a bit. Let's end with that then, Eric. Obviously, Jacksonville doesn't need a quarterback, uh, which is very nice to say. But folks, yeah. folks in these parts, obviously, very interested in where Anthony Richardson could potentially land, and of course, what those two NFC South or NFC South AFC South teams in the top five will be doing at the quarterback position. So, where you stand yeah. right now, knowing the guys that are at the Senior Bowl aren't at the Senior Bowl. How do you foresee the quarterbacks going at this point in time? Will it be Bryce Young, the first off the board, or will it be somebody else? Yeah, it's so hard to figure out what the Texans are going to do right now. I mean, you know, I just it's it's a it's a front office that you don't you don't necessarily know. Nick Casario has never been a part of a staff that's drafted a first round quarterback before. You know, do they go the veteran route? Do they feel like there's there's another way to play this that? You know, are they concerned about Bryce Young's sort of, you know, weight and ability to take hits? I don't know. But um, how, where the first one goes is obviously important. So that number two pick is a, is a, is a pivot point. I mean, that's, there's no doubt. I would say the Colts, uh, you know, look, Chris Ballard, I think, gets a bad uh, rap sometimes, the GM. But I, I think he also kind of wears his heart on his sleeve you know like he was making it clear that if there's an offer to get a quarterback in this draft he'll have to do whatever it takes so i am a lot more confident the colts are doing everything they can to to figure these quarterbacks out backward and forward i think they're going to be either moving up or at four taking one and the higher the first couple go better it is for guys like richardson who, who could boy i mean theoretically could go as high as Carolina at nine. They wow. see like a little Cam Newton Jr., but he also might have to wait and go in the back end of round one or possibly early day two. So, yeah, a lot to be figured out as far as whether he's a first-round pick or not. Cause we saw the inconsistencies, but obviously we see the talent, which is pretty exciting. All right, follow Eric on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm, E-D-H-O-L-M, for all your Senior Bowl info and, of course, at NFL.com. Eric's a fantastic writer and info guy. E. Thanks so much for your help, man. My pleasure. Have a great day, you guys. All right. That's uh, Eric Edholm, Mobile, Alabama.
trying to stay off Dolphin Street as much as he possibly can. Did you see his tweet the best- of the Uber driver yet, yeah. by the way? Yeah. Go yeah. to go to his Twitter, folks. If, if you're by a computer, please go to Eric at home. Again, his uh, Twitter is Eric underscore E-D-H-O-L-M. And scroll down to, like, his fourth tweet. He tweeted out the picture that is hanging in his Uber driver's it's a vehicle. And he says, my oh. Uber driver <laughs> might have a story to tell. I love that you said... I mean, I wouldn't know anything about Dolphin Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None, none whatsoever. <laughs> I knew where to tell him not to go, uh, basically, but he also knew that he was already there. That's the difference. Uh, all right, you're heading out to do a little uh, Yeah, we got some Guggen hoop. Hoops, the return of Guggen Hoops. We have Dan Hicken on the floor going up against the also-talented Bishop Kenny Girls squad that's 23-1 and playoffs really heating up in uh, yeah. Duval County and, of course, Northeast Florida and the whole state of Florida. So we'll see if Dan can stand tall against uh, Sydney Roundtree, Claire Coyle, two big D1 commits that's over good. at BK Lounge. But you guys are in capable hands because Coach Campo is stepping oh, yeah. in for me, so we're, we're feeling good on that. But I do want to pay off a little bit of our Twitter poll before I go because mm-hmm. we love talking about shivs and axes here on XL Primetime. And for what it's worth, Matt Hayes, through about an hour of polling, our question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota, 73% of the audience says no. The Gators should not have stormed the court. Which they, they, de- they did not storm the court yeah. after beating number See? two Tennessee. But it was the act like you've been there. No, uh, no, no, no. It, it was wasn't because of a shiv, I can tell you that. Look, all I know is we started talking about this a couple months ago. And we had attorneys on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, by yeah. the way, texting in saying, uh, you're giving people ideas about what to do. Yeah, well, when you brought up the shiv, you were, not the idea of storming right, the court. Because that's I been t- going because on for I, a long time. Because I explained how you can make a shiv out of anything in a bathroom. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, by the way. Is that probably not the right thing to do? No, not at all. My man Cookson did say 40 Gainesville Police Department there last night. That was the main reason why nobody stormed the court. All right, uh, we head into the 2 o'clock hour. Coach Campo is in. Ready to go, chock full of notes. Let's welcome in XL Prime Times coach Dave Campo. <laughs> That's our guy right there. Smiles, the offseason's here. Coach Campo joining us, Joe C., Maddie Hayes. What's up, coach? And listen, uh, you know, I'm smiling. But really, I'm sad because I didn't want this season to end. Yeah, it's true. You know, now, you know, you got something to look forward to. So you got to have right. a little bit of a smile yeah. on your face. You know, you as got- a coach, when you, when it ended, were you, I'm sure the, the relaxing was good, but were you sad a little bit because like. A- the- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, this was a storybook season and, you know, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, you got to play for today. Are you of the mindset that. That Matt and Matt and Leon were kind of preaching how close this team was to those teams when you saw those other two teams play. Absolutely, head-to-head. absolutely. I, you know, again, I, you know, I go back and and I, you know, I I was probably reaching, mm-hmm. but I felt that they could play anybody in the league at the end of the year, and I said I think they can beat any one of these teams. You know, they're going to be in every ball game. And I was only wrong one time. That's mm-hmm. Detroit. Down the stretch. You know, yeah. so, you know, that really, to be honest with you, they proved that early and then they finished it. And then, you know, uh, one play, the, the fumble. And, and again, I, I hate to disparage mm-hmm. Agnew because he was a critical part of the season and should be going forward, in hopefully. Game. In the game, yeah, that game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if he if he doesn't fumble there and they get that ball in, the pressure's on Kansas City. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, the that quarterback been, that's limping around. Yeah, that could have been a, an ugly finish for Kansas City, I believe, and a good one for the Jags. Now, we just had Eric Edholm on. He's NFL media. He's at the Senior Bowl. It's not like we're going to find, you know, the guys at the top of the draft at the Senior Bowl, not necessarily. But we were talking about pass rush. He mentioned a couple guys interiorly that he thought might have a chance. But we've all talked about it on the defensive side of the ball, just impacting the quarterback uh, and doing it any way possible because that limping Mahomes, they never got to coach. They never got to him. And that's got to be, I don't know exactly where it ranks priority-wise, but it's got to be a huge one. Well, it's definitely a priority, and and especially inside because, you know, I can only think that if, let's say they don't make any changes Mm -hmm. as far as scheme or anything else, I believe that Walker is going to be better next year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the end guys are athletic enough that, you know, Josh Allen could get, seven, eight, or nine sacks. Right. And, and, and I think Walker could get up there a little bit. But inside, they don't have, you know, a guy that can make a big play, like Chris Jones type of a guy, mm-hmm. like Cox or Hargrave from Philadelphia. Those guys change the football game because yeah. of pressure. And, you know, they got a lot of sacks, but I'm not even really talking about sacks. I'm talking about pressure on the exactly. quarterback. Because the quarterbacks now in this day and age can get the ball out quickly. So the numbers of sacks you get is not always indicative mm-hmm. of, of whether or not you're pressuring the quarterback and put, you know, putting them in harm's way. Right. And that's what we need. All right. So I guess the easiest way to say this is what are they doing right now? Are they, have they come back from their little break and now it's all self-eval? What's going on right now as far as the actual staff and – the personnel guys. Well, the personnel guys, you know, they're they're probably still on the road. The senior bowl is still, uh, you know, the shrine game. Yeah, they don't yeah. come in. Normally, the personnel guys don't come in. I'm I'm going way back now. You right. know, it's been seven years or whatever since I was there, but they don't normally come in until a couple of weeks before the draft. When you go through your your evaluation of every single player in front of everybody. The, the reports are there, and they have a board set up and all that of where everything is. So uh, the coaches right now are getting a, a list of all the free agents. They're studying those free agents. Uh, they're looking at the top four or five at their position. I believe they've already gone through an evaluation of their own players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they know where everybody knows where they stand there. and And now they're going through – getting ready for free agency and the draft basically at the same time. Once they get to, to the, you know, the evaluation going on the free agency and they feel pretty good about it, then they'll start splitting, splitting the day into to two parts. Either the morning or the afternoon will be meetings amongst their defensive staff, for example, going through the cut-ups, right. looking at every single situation all year, uh, what what are we doing wrong? What are we doing better? Who you know that type of thing? And then the second half is they're they've got a list of maybe fifteen or twenty guys at their positions, mm-hmm. and then they're studying the draft. And so you know it's really a combination of getting ready for the off season program and the draft and free agency. Right. Do you feel like they make any declarations at this point? Meaning firm decisions going forward about like when, whenever you do review that tape, like he's got to be replaced or we got to do X to make it, 
you know, to make it happen. Yeah, I, I don't think anything's firm until you see who's out there. If, okay. if there, you know, there's if there's guys out there, you know, you can replace. I can replace anybody, mm-hmm. but if I'm not better than that guy, in right. my in the opinion, you know, you're you're treading water. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, from what they have right now, I don't think it, it's a really big jump. I think. What they did with the receiver core this year mm-hmm. was an example of what you have to do. You don't necessarily have to go get five guys that are going to, you know, be Pro Bowl players. Right. You need to improve your position. If you improve your position through free agency in the draft, if you have a pretty good team to begin with, mm-hmm. then you're going to get better the next year, and that's what you're trying to do. Okay, so <clears throat> now this is something I think is being bandied about um, – not only on, on, on the different shows, but I think there's some fans out there. We see it on the text line. What's the possibility of moving Walker Little to guard? Signing Taylor, keeping Cam, moving Walker Little to guard. How much? What kind of strength does that give you as far as a much better line, not only run blocking, but pass protection as well? Well, you know, playing the guard position is different than the tackle. You know, the one thing about uh, Walker Little is – he, he, when you look at him, he's not a bulky. He looks like an, you know, an athlete, a, a big. Is he big enough? I guess. Is that, yeah. Is he is he strong Can't enough? He move aside. Yeah. You know, is he strong enough? Because the guys you're b- blocking on the edge, are not your power, necessarily pounds. rushers like like the Chris Joneses and the Hargraves and the Coxes and, you know, those kind of guys. So, it, it, to me, it depends on if, look, if we need an upgraded guard and we can't get one and this kid has the tools to be able to do it, right. then you move him. If not, he's a swing tackle if you still keep the same guys or one of them's going and he's the, he's the, other, the other tackle. And, it, and in your mind, it still could be either one of the two's going, right? Like, yeah. If they, can I, get, if they can get somebody for Yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough to get rid of Cam Robinson with that contract right. and coming off an injury, I think there's going to be a little bit of trepidation amongst teams as to whether or not they want to take on that kind of a situation. Right. So you know, I'm just guessing. You right. know, I'm guessing that the, the decision-making is going to be whether Juwan Taylor stays here or not. Not, you know, trying to get one rid of one of the right. other. Right. No, you're clearly guessing, but my point is you've been in this, in this situation – the idea of moving Cam is certainly something that you would imagine is a possibility, right? You're going to look at everything. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm, you know, when it, if there's free agents out there that you like or you've got people on your roster that think that they can take over the position or whatever, you're right. looking to do whatever you can to improve the football team. And to improve your cap, right? Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they have to get under the cap. Yeah, That's you're... the first thing they have to do before they do anything. Yeah. All right, so let's stay on that subject because, honestly, they got to figure out it, it's – it's an unkind time if you have to go and cut people, but it's also maybe a kind time when you start stroking checks to guys to make sure they renegotiate. So let's do that coming up. It's XL Primetime. we got our head coach, Dave Campo. If you missed Campo and Joe, just go to any of our social channels, 1010XL.com, or wherever you check any of the other ones out, you can find Campo and Joe. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. XL Primetime, 2 o'clock hour, hanging out. Coach Campo hanging out with us, Josie, Batty Hayes. J.J. LaSalva, you at least got to jump in here, J.J. You're training a young lad um, that uh, it's right now it's kind of sounding 
Like he's catching a little bit of what's going on around here. He's doing good. He His name is Tony. What's your last name? Salazar. Yeah. Salazar. So we have another Italian in the house. Tony coach. Salazar's producing hey, the show Tony. right now. Mexican. Yeah. Oh, it's Mexican. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. like Antonio Salazar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Look how quick you just moved there, <laughs> Italian. man. You literally moved right from <laughs> Python. Yeah, yeah. Antonio immediately. Yes, 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 yes. See, I love that. All right, well, listen, Tony, welcome, dude. Uh, JJ will keep Fluent. teaching you the way, okay? Thank you. He will keep showing you the way. All right, now our coach shows us the way. And, and we're talking about this franchise tag, and we're talking about the guys that you think they can keep. I want to roll through a handful of them, Coach, because I know that in your mind, you're probably putting a star next to their name. Got to have and may not need type of rating. It just has to happen in your head. But listen to – what Trent Baalke did say about the idea, and this is built around Juwan Taylor and Evan Ingram. Will you have to tag one of these guys? I'm hoping we don't need to use it. I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, right now we're evaluating this team as, as a staff. Uh, Doug and the rest of the coaches are going through a process, an end of the season process that we have, that we've set up. Uh, our personnel staff is doing the same thing. We'll join forces tomorrow and meet for most of the morning to really put a plan in place for how we're going to attack this offseason. Okay, so that was the end of the season presser last week, cut courtesy of Jaguars.com. But honestly, this is a this is a balls-to-the-wall, nonstop type of uh, stretch, right? Absolutely. You know, the, the key to whether or not they're better next year, nothing stays the same. Mm-hmm. You either get better or you get worse. You know, so in in my mind, what they do in this part of the season is going to be extremely important with, with who they bring in, whether, whether they can keep their own guys. Mm-hmm. And and my preference is if you if it's not broke, don't fix it. In other words, get – unless you can find somebody that's definitely better, keep your good guys here. Just because of the harming in the locker room or you don't know what you're getting. Exactly. That's it. You know, it, you've heard me say many times – when I evaluate somebody, I'm not the same as the line coach that's coaching right. the guy. He's seeing them every single day, every minute of the day. Uh, it, we used to have a saying uh, that in recruiting back when I was in college, you know, don't worry about the guy you lost because you're only going to see him maybe one time a year. Worry about the guy you've got because you're going to see him every single day. So it, that whole thing holds true. You know, you evaluate your guy and you say, can we win with that guy? And, and, and then you, then you go see what's there. Okay. So this is going to be away away from players, but still clearly has to do with players. You lose Chris Jackson, wide receivers coach. You could lose Jim Bob Cooter, the passing game coordinator. That's two from a staff that seemed as though, again, this is what it looks like from the outside. And both of them were in the passing game heavily. Yes. Seemed as though had really, turned a corner as far as not only the passing game, which is night and day different from last year, but the offense itself, uh, they're, they're comfortable. The way they played it within the offense, um, the way they played within the scheme, right? It looked like things were very fluid. How does that hurt losing? If they lost Jim Bob as well as Chris Jackson, how does that affect moving forward the offense? Well, you know, there's enough experience in the coordinator area. You got the head coach. Right. Who's a, who's an ex quarterback mm-hmm. and he's called plays everywhere he's been. Right. You had uh, McCoy. Same thing. Head same coach, thing. OC coordinator, play call. Yeah. Press Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know now Jim Bob. I'm sure was a factor in there, 
but his factor as far as his association with the players Mm -hmm. is not as much as Chris Jackson's. Mm -hmm. So to me, the loss of Chris Jackson is, is more than Jim Bob. I dig what you're saying because it's that day to day one on one on the field, the one, and then the other guys kind of drawn up the game plan. Now, are there guys out there that are good teachers Mm -hmm. that you can get? Probably. Probably easier to get that guy than to get a Jim Bob Cooter, for example, that Mm -hmm. might have the overall knowledge of coordinating game plans, all those kind of things. So I believe that, you know, I I hate to lose Chris Jackson because listening to him on on your show, you know, he had the right mentality and all that. I'm sure he he related with his players. Uh, But, you know, there are guys out there, and I'm sure uh, Doug has a pretty good list of guys that he would like to try to get some problem. In the NFL is you can't get everybody you want. Yeah, and it's a constant cycle too because they're all looking for – Movement. They're not right, and lateral. there's a number of them out there yeah. that are that are making decisions right. on staff. Well, so it's and, also and, and, it's also guys. Excuse me, Joe. It's yeah. also guys like Jim Bob Cooter. You you got to find guys that are comfortable in their role, right? Absolutely, not guys that's true. That want more, even though they don't have it, right? Right, and and we don't know how that dynamic went. Right, that's it looked like that's it went really well. It looks, because like it looks way, good, yeah. you know, and and you don't know who the voice in the room was, you know, who who's mm-hmm. the Who's the guy that uh, is is the guy? When I I'll give you an example, when when uh, Butch Davis left Dallas, mm-hmm. okay, as a coordinator, uh, Barry Switzer had just you know just been there mm-hmm. one year. We had a guy on the staff, and I'm not even going to mention his name. Jerry Jones wanted that guy to take the coordinator job. Mm-hmm. Barry Switzer said to him, he said. Jerry, I've been in the room. There's only one voice in there. It's Campo. And that's how I got it. Mm-hmm. So you don't know who the voice in the room is. Is it the, is it the definite coordinator? Is it the passing right. game guy? Right. Is it the, the technique guy? Who is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great example, great story, because that's the guy that you've got to trust that you know that those guys will operate with and under, uh, which is a big deal. But a passing game coordinator can get an OC job because that's an upward movement. There's not going to be a lot of guys you wouldn't be like Phil Rauscher. I don't think someone's going to pluck him unless they're promoting him, you know, something like that. All right, so let's just hit a few of these coming up here in just a second because you got Evan Ingram, Marvin Jones, Dewan Smoot. Just as far as the price that they uh, were on the salary cap sheet last year, they got to make a lot of decisions, and you can't get all these guys necessarily back. So we will do that coming up with our head coach, Coach Campo. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. A little more time with our head coach, Dave Campo, as he hangs out with us on XL Primetime. you got the French show coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. And I, we already asked you this question earlier in the week, Dave, and you, you answered it, I, I thought, definitively, matter of fact, basically, tag Jawan Taylor, sign Evan Ingram. So I don't think you've changed there. But when you start looking at the – this is kind of a long list, Coach. Ingram, Jones, Smoot, who's hurt. You know, what are you going to do there? you got to replace him if you don't bring him back. Key, he's certainly a consideration. And these are the guys 
anywhere from nine million down to two million. That's what Jawan Taylor was making last year, and we all know Jawan Taylor is going to make a boatload more than that. That's not easy to kind of prioritize those. No, I I think though that that what you're talking about here though is if you just which has already been identified in my mm-hmm. mind that mm-hmm. the two most important ones yeah. are yeah. Jawan Taylor and Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. So, you know, those guys are the guys that are going to command, you know, the most attention, okay? And then it goes down from there. And I think, you know, Arden Key, would I like to have him on the ball club? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think with another year in the system, he might even be better. But he's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit like uh, Dewey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from that standpoint, although I think he's a little bit better player than Dewey is. Yes. So, you know, he's going to command some stuff on the free agent market. But I would say, you know, Marvin Jones is probably down a little bit right. because you've got uh, Ridley yeah. hopefully coming in. Yeah, and- they're going to say goodbye to Marvin. I, I don't have any uh, – I like Marvin a lot. So I, do I. Yeah, I just don't think he is in yeah, the, the plan. the one thing about Marvin was it looked like in critical situations – That was his guy. He's yeah. one of the guys that would make a play when it had to be made. Yeah, yeah he, made, he made some – Big catches. Yeah, that's what T Law called. T Law called him as a security blanket. He knew when yep. he needed, he was going to. He was looking for eleven. Absolutely. So then, you, so then it becomes: is one is there a guy on the roster that becomes that guy? Does Calvin really become that guy? You know, do you get do you do you draft a guy that becomes that guy? That's that's a, I mean, that's a. If you want to talk about safety blanket, that's a big deal. That's a guy that. And when I was saying make big catches. That's a guy that would stretch out and make big catches that should have been caught kind of catches. Not like it's third and six and the ball's right at him and he catches it. He was making basically uncatchable catches. Yeah, and in critical yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing you lose with him, obviously, is ability to run speed-wise. You know, he's not going to get open no. like some of the younger guys. Yeah. You know, and, but And Ridley's going to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got to be – Look, I'm looking at Ridley. If he comes back the way he was uh, before the situation, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy that you can count on, in my opinion, to make big plays. And so it's going to have to be a guy like that. Now, you know, is he dependable on every situation? I don't know that. I haven't seen him, you know, in a while. You don't know. If if he comes back at that level, honestly, and the other two continue to play at the level they played out this past year, Mm mm-hmm. Who I mean, who has a better three receivers in the league? Well, well that's pretty good. It's yeah. a pretty good group. Yeah. I mean, I, just saying that Zay Jones and Kirk play at the same level, and Ridley comes in and plays at what he was. Yeah. Well, I'm going to immediately put Cincinnati up there at the top. I'm going to immediately do that. Uh, I'm going to because what T Higgins, Boyd, and Jamar Chase yeah. are. I mean, that's what group. I. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, if, very if good. If it was group. anybody, them. You yeah. know, because you really have. Literally, yeah, two, three guys that can, that and I can would beat put, you. And I put Hill and Waddle in your name here also up there. But, yeah. you know, their quarterback, obviously, yeah. that situation's got to be figured out. Yeah. There are a few other ones. But, yeah, that's They're what – certainly top three to five, I can tell you yeah, that. that's what and, – and who knows what happens with – If that uh, happens. Yeah. Who knows what happens out in, in L.A. Uh, because of Matt Stafford. But Cooper Cup comes back, and he will certainly – you know, there's some possibilities there, but the message is clear. You get a good guy in Calvin Ridley, you have made a, a major, major advance. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm counting on it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think now if if he's eligible, which he will, he will be if he is in January, right? right. I mean, February, February, right? Yeah, two weeks, less than two weeks. So you know, you got him, mm-hmm. and they're going to be working with him. 
not the coaches, but right. the players are going to be working with them. You're going to have a pretty good idea from from Trevor Lawrence is going to tell you who this guy is. Right, I can tell you that right, right. now. And you know he talked about being involved in you know who, who they take. Well, he's going to know. When you get those guys together, there are other clubs that have maybe two receivers, like Philadelphia, for example, Devonta Smith and and AJ, AJ Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're both over 1,000 yards. Two good players. Yeah, but yeah. then you throw Goddard in there. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's Evan Ingram. You know, that's 700-something yeah. yards. Yeah. That's a pretty good group. So if you throw tight ends into the mix, there are other teams out there that have three receivers that can, oh, that yeah, can hurt you. Of, yeah, but, yeah, but are talent. there other teams that have the four then? Then you start no, adding about four. That's yeah. where you run into the advantage that they would have. That's because, four legit threats yeah, out there. Because they didn't know they were going to have Calvin Ridley. So they were counting on Zay Jones and Kirk being those other two guys right. and, and then drafting a guy to be in that group right. right there. And now I don't know that they have to draft the guy. I think they might because you don't Depending know. Depending on what Lawrence says about Ridley. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is an older guy. I mean, a, a young older guy. So that, mm-hmm. there could be some decisions. What's he, 28? 27, uh, 28? I, I thought we looked him up the other day, and he's, he's right there in that range, uh, turning 29, I believe. But he's yeah. on that fifth-year deal. So he's been out of the uh, out of the league. He's probably he's probably still only 28. 28, yeah. Yeah. And, and so – 29 in December. So yeah, he's, yeah. And so, oh, so he will turn – okay. I was and thinking. that's the other reason for drafting a guy is that you don't know he's on his fifth-year deal. You don't know if he's going to be here beyond this year, correct? Right. right. I mean, you know, so there's a lot to it. And I was looking at just some of the names that Edholm had – uh, at the Senior Bowl, and there's some that are are pretty good, but I don't know where they fall in the draft and whether you're going to be able to reach high with a draft pick for a wide receiver position that you likely have spent a lot of money already on, and then you got to go out there and get another guy. So we'll find out whether they can ultimately get that job done. All right, Coach, next week we're going to talk Super Bowl, okay? Because we're going to take a, a, you know, you've been in these big games. You have coached in a few of them, we heard. You got three Super Bowl rings. <laughs> so we will do that. Uh, but your early lean, are you leaning, Philly? Are you leaning? I'm leaning. Are you leaning? I'm okay. leaning. You want to know where I'm leaning? Yeah. I'm leaning Philadelphia. Okay. Balanced, tough, physical. We'll talk a lot about it, but they're yeah. very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I lean towards the tougher, physical, as opposed to the to the finesse. Which, what's crazy, though, is these teams both have really good numbers defensively and, and offensively. Yeah. That's, it's not, they're yeah. very close. Yeah. It's just certain things that stick out. Right. It's not the number one offense against the number one defense. And that's why I'm yeah. going on intangibles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and plus you add the injury situation into sure. Kansas City. Yeah. Now um, it's a lean. It's not a – it's so, not a, a definite. For what it's mind. worth, Mahomes not on the injury report, practice full. He's probably on the injury report, but, but was practicing full. And it's Andy Reid plus Pat Mahomes versus Sirianni plus Jalen Hurts. So that's experience versus a little inexperience. Uh, you know, that, that's going to be a good dynamic. It, it really is. And Mahomes, can you believe this, admitted that he needs to appreciate these opportunities more and make sure he makes them count because he was one of the guys that thought, Oh, I'll just once I won one, I'm going to win a bunch. Well, he didn't win that next one. And plus, you never know when you're going to get hurt. Yeah, that's another part of yeah. it. You know, he could have not been playing in this game, right? Very easily. Yeah. Don't forget those four double-digit pass 
sack guys yeah. on the Eagles. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. 75 sacks. Seventy, Yeah, 70-plus yeah, 70 sacks. And the That's second, pretty good. Yeah, the second team in the league was Kansas City, yeah. but they were 15 sacks behind them. Right. So both teams apply pressure. There's and you no got two, two corners in mm-hmm. Philadelphia don't shake a stick at either. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things we can talk about. Yeah, but. it'll be fun. All right, Coach, thank you as always. Thanks, Dave. We get ready Got for it. the Frangie Show coming up. It's XL Primetime. Hey, remember this? I don't believe what I just saw. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. You believe in Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Time now for a Modelo moment. Make your next moment with a Modelo. Mahomes throws, pass, caught. Williams, touchdown. Kansas City jumps on top. Garoppolo airs it out. Sanders downfield is overthrown. But how many players have come and gone? Great players, great coaches for the Chiefs that have not been able to taste this moment. This is picked. Kendall Fuller up to get it. And that will end this game. I remember, well, that's first off a great Modelo moment if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I remember Matt really focusing in on that Garoppolo pick at the end because it obviously throw away, it's, man. Those, it's those isolated moments that one side will they'll never forget. And the other side is like, we won. We don't, you know, we're not we're not drilling down on that one moment. But anyway, it was the Chiefs crowning moment, Andy Reid's crowning moment, because he was able to win a Super Bowl. He's already largely recognized as one of the greater coaches we've had. Winning that Super Bowl was big. And then Mahomes. He hits that deep ball, and they win that game. Yeah. And Mahomes still doesn't have a, a Super Bowl title. Yeah. Honestly, think of what Garoppolo has been through, okay? Because he was the, the, the pride of the draft for New England in the second round. And then there was this fracturing of the of the powers that be up there. Uh, Belichick wanted to keep him. Tommy convinced Kraft to deal him. Right. Remember all that? Yeah. Then he goes there. God, that seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Then he goes there. They end up going to the Super Bowl. He almost was the, the hero. And then they kept trying to find ways to get rid of him. And How many years has he been in the league? Ten? No. I'm going to guess maybe Six, seven, something like that. Yeah, it might might be longer than that. Um, but you better check your yeah. age, man. Yeah, he's he's been around. Uh, that's for sure. Anyway, that that is honestly what it boils down to is that this guy has been in a lot of big games and almost got there again last year, and then got hurt, and then drafted in the fourteen in twenty fourteen. Yeah, so he's going into his ninth year. Yeah. It'll be his 10th year next year. Yeah. So, yeah, nine year this year, going into yeah. his 10th next year. Yeah, that, that's something else. Anyway, they have now finally said that he's probably not in the plans. I think they said that last year as well. Right, so Tommy we'll, was 35 when he got yeah, there. Yeah. Think about that. Oh, that's crazy. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Let's hope the next uh, Jaguar quarterback is drafted when Trevor Lawrence is 35 and they're trying to pave the way for who's next. We say hello to Frank Frangie, voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, but on the campus of JU this afternoon. What up, Frank? 
Now we got a rumble coming up. That's what's going on, Joe. River City rumble. A rumble. rumble, yes. Always a good time for a rumble. That rumble starts at uh, seven o'clock tonight. It's one of my favorite events of the year, and and you know they they bunched them together this year. They're here. They're at Ju tonight. Yeah, and then at UNF on Saturday. We so were we were just to, talking back about back it, Frank, rumble. and we like the early season tilt and then the late yeah. season tilt. Do you like it like this? No, I don't. I don't like it like this at all. I'd, I'd rather have it split up just like you. I, I'd rather have the games a month, month and a half apart. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, so, I, so I don't think anybody – the league, neither JU or UNF wanted this. I've talked to both camps. All right? mm-hmm. ne- ne- neither one wanted two days apart. They both wanted to have a week to promote it, two weeks to promote it uh, on their campus. It's a special time on both campuses. Uh, I don't think this will happen again. A lot of the travel partners – there's travel partners in the league, Joe, mm-hmm. and like like two teams that are near each other always travel together sort of, and the travel partners are all playing each other the same weekend. But I don't think you'll see it again. But I love the series. I love the fact that both gyms are packed every time they play. These guys all know each other. They play together in the summer. It matters to these guys, man. So it's a it's one of the one of the two fun two of the fun nights of the year for sure when these two teams get together. I know you'll dig in on that, and you'll definitely be digging in on last night. That was a big win for Florida yeah. over Tennessee. You know what? We'll talk about the Gators last night. I thought it was a gigantic win. We got a lot planned today. Uh, uh, we're going to try and track down Matthew Driscoll today by phone. Uh, Jordan Mincy's going to stop by. Alex Ricker Gilbert, the AD, here is going to stop by. Uh, we've got all kind of fun stuff that we're going to do here. Scott Manzi, our buddy who calls the games, is going to be here. Brett Hastings jumps in today. We are loaded up with stuff, so a lot of hoops from here. And yeah, we'll talk about that Gator basketball game, a little bit of football as well. All coming up, Joe. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it, Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks. They will have it there. Gibby holding it down here uh, as we are out in. in Look, if they can. Driscoll drinking some eggs right now, you think? Yeah. Mm, he probably is. He's gone Rocky Half style. Dozen? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably and, there right now. And he's sweating. Probably, sweating and pretty pacing. expensive. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He they are be, expensive, but he he's not. There's no way that guy's giving up on eggs. Yeah. No way. He ain't cracking five eggs. He's cracking maybe four or three now. <laughs> uh, when Hey, listen, when dudes are starting to pay attention to grocery bills, you know the groceries have gone sky high. Because I always look at it like, Whenever you're going through the line, like, it's unavoidable. This is food that we've got to eat and the beer. And and we're not going to not buy this stuff. But it's so, listen, got, before we go, I, I, it's just, just before we go, it's so weird how we have this egg shortage, but the wing shortage, remember that? That's oh, it's back nowhere again. nowhere to be found anymore. It's back again. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know. Again, you need to pay attention to these wing prices, and then you'll have an idea of what's going on. It's a sham. And a scam. I need eight wings on scam every I'll bird. Scam, I'll agree with. Scam, I, need, I definitely will. I need eight birds on every wing. That's what, or eight wings on every bird. We are out. Joe C., Matty Hayes, Mia, Big Search, JJ, you got the Frangie Show from JU coming up.